A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, do you know what will go great with this podcast right now? A scrumptious Cadbury snack. Crumbly biscuits smothered in smooth, delicious Cadbury milk chocolate. Oh, yeah. Cadbury snack, the perfect biscuity bite for that mid-morning break. Pick one up in a store today. Yes, what a big name we've got on the day. Buzzing to get him on. Uh, second best Windass we've had on, Dean Windass. I don't know about that. Do you know who's told us to say that? Huh? Yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, Spoke to him this morning. Did you? You also said that his car needs clean, cleaned. His car needs cleaning? No, it's cleaned. No, he needs you to clean it. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I always go mad at him because he's, he's a bit of a tramp. Is and he? I've got a bit of OCD, so every time I get in his car and it's smoky, I say clean the car and that. But now he's gone a bit... He's on a few quid now. I've got, I've got to clean it for him because I, I ain't got any money left. So. Did you say a bit of banter about who had the, who's had the better career? Um, he says to me, tell my dad that I've played for Rangers, he only played for Aberdeen. I wasn't good enough to play for Rangers, but the trouble is Rangers were a good side then. then uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you had Gascoigners and Laudrup's and people like that and, you know, Koisty and, you know, um, they had <coughs> Windass and Morelles and do you know what I mean not big names Ali not big Brilliant. names not what big a names, boy he is by the way he's a great lad, great lad. You know, I'm very proud of both my children you know Jordan as well Jordan's uh, he's 20 um, you know both very good footballers Jordan's on the way he's going to go to Accrington Stanley for a trial oh, in the summer so touch wood that he gets a, a contract there do you know John Coleman again John John yeah so listen I think it's, it's very difficult for Jordan obviously with his dad being a footballer and his brother's a footballer but he, he, he's a great kid, you know, he takes it in his stride, you know, sometimes people say it's very very tough for George. But he's not jealous of his brother, you know, they get on really, really well. Um, and obviously when, when, when Josh was a baby like Jordan, you, you could tell when they were two or three year old, you know, especially could you Josh. Quick, yeah? Oh, mate, it was frightening. It was frightening. His mum's got like a video, I can remember um, it, when I was playing for Oxford United, and like Gary Parker, who was assistant manager to Neil Lennon, yeah. um, I used to clean his boats at Hull City. So I asked Parks, and he was like, when I was an apprentice, I used to look up to Gary Parker, because he was a great midfield player. And um, obviously, when I signed pro, and then Gary went on to play for Leicester, I got Jordan, uh, Josh a, a Leicester City shirt with, with Parker number 10 on the back. And I remember playing in the living room with a sponge ball, 
and he was just naturally, naturally two, two footed, you know, three year old chest volley. I was so chest volley with him, and I can't he was do just that now. unbelievable. Yeah, he well, I don't think Josh can do that now, but, <laughs> but um, no, he, he was. He, listen, he always wanted, like me. My mum used to say I was the same, two or three year old. You know, I'd go to walk to school with a football at my feet. You know, and and I was and Josh was like that. Jordan was was like that as well. Uh, so touch wood, hopefully Jordan can can follow in his footsteps. I looked up to Gary Park as well, but for different reasons. Right, okay. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, talked about Hull. Always your team growing up. Yeah, born and bred. Born and bred. Always wanted to to play for Hull City. Um, you got the games in it. Yeah, when I was five, my dad took me when I was five in Southstand. Um, you know, it was just it was just it was one of them situations where. Listen, there's a local lad, but first and foremost, you know, everybody wants to be professional footballers, don't they? Mm. You know, every kid in the world who play football want to be one of the professional footballers. And I was no different, you know, and obviously I used to dream of playing for all City as a kid. You know, my dad used to say, you play on there one day at Bullfrey Park. Was your so dad a good player? I was shite, my dad. He was, he, <laughs> he was a goalkeeper, my dad. He, was, he played uh, non-league uh, amateur football on the, on the parks and that. I used to sit behind the goal and, and you know, and watch him and, you know, to sit there behind the goal when I was five and six year old, you know, when my dad was a goal. No, nah, it was rubbish, my dad, yeah. I think he just did it for playing and then going for a pint afterwards. Like that's, that's what so. I did for that. Uh, were you all buzzing when Hull came in for you then as a, as a kid? Well, I was, I was there as a schoolboy. So in them days, they want academies. So right. you train on the Tuesdays and Thursdays when you're 12, 13. You know, I was technically always very good, but, you know, my physicality wasn't. I was a late developer. Josh was a late de developer. Jordan was a late developer. And now they're both six foot two. You know, they just all of a sudden grow, and I was the same, really. So, yeah, as a young boy, trained Tuesday and Thursdays, and then got an opportunity to be apprentice at 16. How was the apprenticeship at that, that time? Fucking hard. Tough? Yeah, well, you got Billy Whitehurst, Gary Parker, Richard Jobson, Gareth Roberts, Steve McLaren. Do you know, I used to clean all their books, mm. and they used to get me, me, me balls blacked every, every day. <laughs> because in them days, you'd have to knock on the first-team change room's door to get in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, 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 you know, respect them, aren't they? Yeah, there was a respect. And if you, but I was the only one out of the apprentices, apart from the two kit men, who could walk in direct because I had to take the boots in, you see, for training in the morning. So you put them under the peg. Mm -hmm. So I'd walk in and just put them on, but I was a cheeky bastard, really. Do you like that? Oh, I, was, I, I was so confident as a kid. I don't know why my dad sort of installed that in me, I think, but um, I was a bit of a, yeah, I was a bit of a cheeky get, yeah. So they would get you back. So they just, they just in them days, <laughs> they'd pin you on the on the on the treatment table and get some dubbing and a brush and just black all your all your bollocks and that. And then <laughs> I'd walk by back down towards old change room when Brian Orton was the manager at the time, and he said, "Been cheeky again, have you?" <laughs> but that, I didn't mind it. Uh -huh. You know, I didn't mind it. But as you say, there was only three of us who was allowed to walk in. The rest of the lads had to knock on the door. You know, and the the players would shout, "Come in." And they'd have to, because she'd have to go through to, to go to the physio's room. Right. To Jeff, Jeff Radcliffe's room, so if they needed strappings or all that, you'd have to, so the lads would have to knock on the door. Brilliant. But I'd just, I'd just bowl in, me and Fired in. Brian Hawke must be the worst judge of player ever. Released at 18. Yeah, released me, which was rightly so, looking back. Do you know Why? I, 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 I couldn't physically get around the football pitch. I, me, I remember Dennis Bove, the assistant manager, who, who was a very good friend of mine now. We were on the ex-Sagas together and that, and... Uh, Dennis's quotes was when I was a, when I was eighteen was if 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 football was played in the in the living room, being when to play for England, because I was very good like that. But mm -hmm. on a bigger pitch, I couldn't physically get round. I was, I was I wasn't strong enough, you know. And then it may be looking back if I got if Brian would have given me a year pro or two year pro at eighteen, I'd probably been out the game in two years. 
think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, listen, I was devastated. What, tears? Oh, went on crying to my dad, my mum, yeah. When my me, when me dad was like, oh, yeah, that was fucking devoured. Because mm -hmm. uh, I want the brightest at school. So I thought, well, I'm not going to get a job in the office, you know what I mean? So then subsequently I went and played non-league football. Did you think the dream was over? Yeah. When you get released that yeah. day, did you yeah. think it was over? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. I, I knew, I, listen, I knew that I was probably technically better than anybody else. And my football brain was very good. But, as you say, the physicality wasn't there, and that's the reason why I let... But he turned around to me when he got me in the office, he said, I've, I've, I always remember it till the day I die, he pulled me in, he said, look, you know, I'm really sorry. You know, we're not going to offer you a professional contract. Uh, and before I walked out, I was crying then, before I walked out, he just said, go prove me wrong. And right, all yeah. I tried to do in my football career was prove people wrong. So, uh, what, what stage did it get to that you thought, right, I'm going to need to get a job now? Straight away. Did you just try to get another club? Does that not happen? No, I went, to, I went, my dad got me, you know, this bloke in France, and I went to a team called Alès, A-L-E-S or something. I was 18. And uh, I went on trial for two weeks in, in France. And uh, I got homesick after two weeks. There was no mobile phones then. Right. So, and I went, I was in this like big dormitory with all these foreign lads and didn't have a clue what was going on really. Trained two or three days, four or five days, whatever it was, and then I ran my mum up and said, I want to come home. Got homesick, I couldn't stand it. And, uh, I thought you'd fluent it in French, no? No, I'm not fluent in Hull, <laughs> no, I'm fucking fluent. But no, it was, it was tough, it was tough. I went to this phone box and ran my mum said, I was crying. And I cry a lot in my life, mm -hmm. but um, I just said, I, I, I want to come home, and I, I don't like it, basically. And then uh, when I come home, my dad was like, my dad was a tough man. He was, a, you know, very disciplined. And uh, he says, well, you, you're going to have to get a job. And he got me a job in a factory with uh, one of his mates who he used to play football with. How hard was grafting? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the hardest, obviously, the factory work was OK, so I was putting big bags of rice down this big machine and then the girls would pack it downstairs. So I had a great job, really. John, John Lawler, who was my dad, uh, my charge and my dad's best mate, Sort of got me a good job, really. So it wasn't physically hard, you know. Yeah, I'd fill the. You got I'd, to flirt with the birds and that as well. Yeah, I got all the beds flat, flat around. Yeah, but I'd fill this big machine up. Once my machine was done, I'd, I'd just slowly go down, so I could just sit around and mess about. You know what I mean? But I was only there for about a year, and then uh, and then I got a job on the building site. And you've got you've got a great arse for a builder's bum. Yeah, well, I've got massive calves as well. So like in them days, you, you, you carry cement and all that up a ladder. You didn't have forklifts or all like that then. So I'd have, to, I'd have to have it on a... So you'd have your hod with it with all the bricks on, you know, 24 commons, which is bricks. And you'd have to take them up on the first level and then the second, then the roof. So that's probably why I've got massive calves. And, uh, but that's when I started getting stronger. Mm. You know, and then I started playing non-league football for North Ferriby United. Yeah. And then obviously my physicality state, you know, started to come. Uh, playing centre midfield at the time, I was a centre midfield player. Um, and then obviously a bit of luck came in Terry Dolan. See the apprenticeship on the building site, is it similar to a football club? Do you get abused? Well, it wasn't an apprenticeship really, I was, I was a labourer. I was a labourer, so there was like three lads, you know, uh, Chris, Mike and, and Gary. They were like the, the brickies, so I had to keep them going. Right. You know, and it was hard. Uh -huh. Half past seven in the morning till half past four, five o'clock on the night. And uh, I was knackered, yeah, every day I was knackered. It was hard work. Very, was it no tempting to go and be like that sort of lifestyle, go after your, your work and have a pint? Or no, were you no, still no, focused no, on because, making it in football? No, because what I'd done was when I worked on a building site, I'd come home when I was living with my mum. My mum and dad got divorced, so I'd, I was living with my mum. And I'd come home and I'd take my work gear off and go for a run. Would you? Because that was my weakness, was running. Do you know, long distance running was my weakness. I wasn't quick, I was never quick, 
But what long distance running was my weakness. So every day after 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 work, I'd go for a run round round where I used to live. With two rugby players down the street, uh, Steve Owens and this other lad, and and they used to play for Westall, which is quite a good amateur team in in, in Hull, the rugby team, and I used to go running with them. Probably. You never cannot, see that these days. I can you? honestly say that when I signed pro, that I never probably got beaten a long distance run in my 20 year career. Really? It was unbelievable. Hill running, long distance running, 12 minute runs. Nobody could, nobody could, could live you. with me now. Kids wouldn't do that these days, they'd no, have to be no. nice, wouldn't they? No. When they have that well, hunger. the trouble is, like Brian used to say, it's the hardest decision ever to, to let go a kid. Yeah. But there's not just Dean Winder's story, there's thousands of kids that Brian used to say, there's thousands of kids who got released. Brian Orton got released by Arthur Cox right. when he was 18. So he knows what it was like. Um, but like you said, go prove me wrong. I know, you know go, it's what my dad used to say to me, it's one man's opinion, son. Do you know, like, but kids go either go down Josh one road. Josh says that as well, didn't he? So it's obviously yeah. filtered through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, because like you got, you got kids go down one road or the other. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I decide to go around down the right road. Do you know a lot of lads go, ah, oh, fuck that. I'll just play non-league football, go for a beer with my mates after after football, and then go back to work Monday, then train Tuesday, train Thursday, play Saturday. But I wanted more than that. When did you first hear that? Oh, we're looking at you again. I was at Sunderland on trial. Right. I was at Sunderland, I was there. I went to York City first for about six, seven months there, couldn't offer us a contract. Then I went to Sunderland, Dennis Smith was the manager. Listen, in them days, nobody had any money. You know, there was low budgets, low wages. And Dennis Smith, he pulled me in, he said, look, sorry, we've got to get rid of players before we... Um, and then, as I'm leaving on the Friday from my digs, they put me in digs, Jeff Bambi, Nicky Bambi's dad rang me up. Or rang my mum up, and my mum rang me at the digs and said, Jeff Barnby's just rang. Uh, Hull City wanted to go on trial on Monday with uh, Terry Dolan's the manager. Now, Terry Dolan bought a house in North Ferriby. And he'd know, he, he, he heard that I was playing really well for Ferriby. Right. He heard that I knew I'd been released two years previous. So he asked me to go down on the Monday. So I rang my boss up from on the building site, or self employed, and he says, uh, um, I said, I've got an opportunity to go back to Hull City, like on trial. I was self-employed, so when you don't work, you don't get paid. So I was on £140 a week. And I met Terry Dolan on the Monday. And I said, look, I'm coming here, my boss has let me come. I said, but I'm not getting paid. He said, how much do you get? And it's 200 quid. <laughs> so I made myself 60 quid. Um, but he offered me a two and a half year contract on a Wednesday. Oh, but after two days? After two days. And was it just a difference in your physicality? That... I well, no, I, yeah, I was, I was getting stronger, but then obviously... I knew when I, when I, I knew, well, Terry said to me now, and he was like a second dad to me, was Terry. Right. He said to me, obviously he didn't tell me at the time, but he told me, he says, after the first training session, I made my mind up because I was on a different wavelength to some of the pros. Right. Do you know, Lee Palin was there, was like a little, little bit like Gary Parker, really. Unbelievable footballer. Do you know, one step ahead of people. Yeah. And I looked up to him thinking, wow. But I was on the same page as him, really. And... Uh, and Terry made a decision on the Wednesday. He, what he'd done was I shit myself because he pulled me in on the Wednesday. The lads, in them days, first team, you train Monday, Tuesday, be off Wednesday, train Thursday, Friday, Friday play yeah. Saturday. That was the, that was the rules, uh -huh. really. And uh, Terry, the, I played in the reserve game on the Tuesday night, and Terry says, uh, the pros are off Wednesday. Um, all pros are off Wednesday. Uh, this was after the game. And he went, Dean, can you come in tomorrow and, and see me tomorrow morning? And I thought, fuck, here we go again. He's just going to say, sorry, but... Uh -huh. Sorry, but... 
But I thought I did all right in the reserve game on the night. I thought, well, I thought, yeah, I've done all right here. And I was nervous, of course I was. I was only 18, but I was back where it all started, basically, under the lights. And uh, he pulled me on a Wednesday morning and he said, I've seen enough. He went, um, you've got a second chance. Um, I'm, I'm offering you a two and a half year contract. £250 a week the first year, £300 a week the second year, and 325 quid the third year. I said to Josh, I said to my dad, Alice, I'm 50 quid. Mm -hmm. Was that a good money back then? Not really. Nah. But I was on £140 a week on the billing site, so I made a... But it wasn't about the money, I just wanted to be a footballer. Mm -hmm. You know, I just... And my dad always used to say, now you've got a chance now. And every year, every year, which I say to Josh now, every year is important. Every... Josh's season this year, he's on wherever he's going to be. You know, if it's Wigan, if it's somewhere else or not, it's, every year is important. It's 25 year old now, you know, and I, that's what, listen, I, I said a lot of things, probably not meaning to what my dad said to me, to Josh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so your, to so your experience of getting released, because Josh was the same, did that help him, do you think? Yeah, because I knew Josh had, he was, he was exactly the same as me. You know, he was, he was a little boy, you know, but technically very good. When he got released, don't get me wrong, he had a he had a bad injury, mm. you know, and he played in the youth team game. He broke his tib and fib, dislocated his ankle, um, which was probably worst time of his life really, because me and his mum were getting divorced. Right. So it was tough for him. Uh, I wasn't living there at the time. His mum rang me and said he's broke his leg. You know, I couldn't I couldn't get there. Um, so yeah, that that was that was upsetting. Um, and then obviously. My mate was a builder. Did you encourage Josh to get out of the door? Huh? I said, go on the build. I said, you need to get a job. He, and he was the most laziest bastard you'd ever met. <laughs> Can't imagine that, man. Honestly, <laughs> just sat on the couch playing fucking football games and all like that. And his man would say, look, you need to get a job and this, that, another, and this, that, another. And, and uh, so I got Rick. Rick, my mate, who lived in the village. He's got, yeah, he's got his old building company. I said, you're going to work with Rick? He went, I fucking aren't. I went, you are. <laughs> and he was there two weeks. Was he? He hated it. Absolutely hated it. You know, he was, honestly, he was the most laziest man I've ever met in my life. The band and that's no good for a building. No, no, yeah. he didn't like it. He just didn't like it. And But I said, well, if you don't like it, do something about it. Go and make a career in football. Huh? And then he played for Harrogate Town. Played one game for Harrogate Town. Went up for an header, apparently I wasn't there. Landed on his wrist, broke his wrist. So then he was out then. And then uh, it was Brian Hughes rang me up, and then Brian Hughes was at Accrington Stanley. Midfield player Brian Hughes. Yeah, it was Field my room. Player. It was my room partner at uh, Hull. Yeah. And he rang me up and he says, uh, uh, "I know the one of the coaches at Accrington, James Beatty was the manager, and uh, I've told him to have a look at your Josh." So I says, "Right." So I rang this lad up and I said, "Can old Josh come?" You know. Um, I bought Josh a car for his 18th, and then he obviously got rid of it. And then he, and then I was driving him to to Accrington to put, and it was pre-season. And he did all right. He did all right. He started to grow a little bit. And he ran me up one afternoon, like I ran my dad, and James beat off to me. Pro. It's mad the similar, right, isn't it? Yeah. And I just yeah. says, "You've got another chance now." And he's done well. And he's took it, it, took it with both hands, yeah. Right. Uh, back to you, 22, when you went back to Hull. Did you feel like a young boy or did you feel like a first-team player with the older players still I thought, I, th on you? I thought it was younger, actually. I thought I was 21. I thought cause my birthday was on April Fool's Day, so I thought... And it was... Um, 
so yeah, just I think it was coming up to my twenty second birthday, and uh, yeah, it was strange because the lads who had been who I'd been apprenticed with Neil Buckley, Mike Smith, Les Thompson, Lee Jenkinson, Gav Kelly, they'd all got pros when I got released. So when I went back, they were still there. Some yeah. of them were still there. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it was weird. Uh -huh. Do you know, like fucking hell. Do you know I'm I'm back now, but then they fizzled out. Right. So Do you. Know? you they all you got released. Yeah. My dad used to say, you always play catch-up. Some lads like, Pick you know, not being rude, but they had beards and yeah. balls had dropped. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I had nothing. I was like, wow. Mine stopped now. And um, I've made up for it since. Like, but, <laughs> um, but my dad said, you'll play catch-up. So they stayed the same, really. And I grew like that. And obviously then they fizzled out. They're, they're all my mates now still. You know, still some of them live in Hull. And, but they're just, they've got normal jobs now. They're just working class lads, you know. And, yeah. But I, but then obviously then I started to play well then. Were so you still I, the cheeky guy? I was a cheeky, yeah. Yeah, I was so confident, yeah. Would you bind the older boys up? Uh, yeah, but, the, the, yeah. Yeah, you'd have a bit of banter, of course. You, you, you'd show respect, of course you would. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But then obviously then I started to become the better player. You know, then I started to become like, you know, better than anybody else. And, you know, I was getting a lot of attention. You know, I'm playing well as a midfield player. Uh, scored my first goal against Darlington. You know, so it was one of them situations. And then all of a sudden my life changed in a sense. Um, Terry pulled me in. He said, you're going to have to go play up front. Now, I was always a... Listen, you couldn't get me off the training ground, man. You know, I'd be first on the training ground and last off it. Right for my career. Had Aberdeen, the guy for Aberdeen Totals, is it? Stuart Hogg, yeah, the fitness uh -huh. I just loved training. I just, you just couldn't get me off the training ground. And I'd, I'd do finishing at the end, you know, long range of passing, blah, blah, blah. Left foot all the time, kicking against City's gym, practicing. Now you say, Josh, kick the ball with your left foot. My dad used to say, if I catch you kicking it with your right, I'm going to bray you. All like that. Do you know what I mean? So it was one of them where Terry pulled me in and he knew what was a good finisher when we do drills and that. And he says, we've got a game against Plymouth on Tuesday night. Peter Shilton was in goal, that tells you how old he am. Uh -huh. And he says, you're going to have to play up front because two centre-forwards are injured. One, two, nil, scored two, never played in midfield ever again in my life. Better be a striker, isn't it? Better. Don't have to fucking oh. run back, do you? <laughs> okay, you don't have to track runners now, you know what I mean? I'm like, wow, I can't believe this. And, and, and it, it, just, just, it was just natural. Right, well, see when Hull went into financial uh, difficulties, did you know it would be, be you that was, was going? Yeah. Because you were doing so well? Yeah, I had a lot of attention. There was a lot of clubs after me. Um, I actually didn't know the, the financial situation. So, Josh was two. I was living on Victoria Dock in Hull. we just bought a house, just got married. And uh, Terry pulled me in and he says, Martin O'Neill's coming for you from, Nor from Norwich. Uh, they wanted 750 grand. But Robert Chaser was the chairman. He wanted to play, pay, I think they had 250 grand in inland revenue debts, right. a hull. And if they didn't pay that, they were going to lock the gates. So I says to him, what do I do then? He went, I said, what about, what about my house? So I've got a little boy in that, you know what I mean? He went, he went, put your house up for sale. So I put my house up for sale. This squad he bought my house in the space of two weeks. So I agreed £2,000 less than what I paid for it. So I thought, well, I'll get my money back from where I'm going to go. And then... Uh, Norwich City pulled out because Robert Chase won't pay the money up front. Oh, for God's sake. So I thought, fuck, what am I going to do? I wish I'd pulled it's in six months. It's, it's coming there Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. This squad is supposed to be moving in in a month. And then uh, and then he pulled me in again. And uh, Terry says, we've agreed a fee with Aberdeen. 
Is that a bit fucking scary, man? <laughs> yeah, scary. But would you stay? Would you stay that whole forever? No. No. No, no. They had to get the listen, I was the biggest asset at the time. But if so they weren't I mean if they were financially stable, would you have been happy to play for Hull for the rest of your career or would you always have wanted to nah, go? I always wanted to go play in the top level. Yeah. Do you know I, listen, you're watching match of the day and you're watching all these lads on in the in the Premier League and the Premier League started then, didn't it? And so I, I just wanted to play in the Premier League. Mm. You know, I never thought I'd be good enough to play in the Premier League, but that was my that was my goal. That was my aim. Um and as you say, I was a good trainer. You know, I did the right things. People slag Dino off a bit. And that's sometimes. what I was going to say. You get a big, I a get a lot of shit you, from, you, especially huh? now in social media. That you know, you, you're fat and all this. And like, I'm, after this interview, I'm going in the gym. Go on, show us a six pack. No, I ain't got a six pack, <laughs> but I'm not fat. But, um, but people have a false opinion about me. You know, it's a bit Why of a jack. I don't know. It's probably because I'm honest. Yeah. I'm just a normal lad from Hull. You know, I'm no different to you. I don't treat anybody differently. Do you know, my dad used to say to me, don't close the door on anybody in your life because you might need them on the way down. Mm. And I found that in the last sort of four or five years. Found out all my fucking mates are. What, they all left you? Huh? Ah, without a doubt. Your phone stops ringing. Uh, you know, people want shirts or boots off you when you're playing and then when you stop playing, nobody wants to know you. It, it, listen, you, you can, everybody in life can count probably four or five on your hand mm. or you can trust or you can rely on. Um, I, I certainly found that out. Certainly found that out with diversity in my life that I had. Obviously, fault on my own with, with, with obviously going through a divorce. That's my fault. Mm. I don't blame anybody else. I blame myself. Um, you know, going through bankruptcy, which wasn't my fault, with this film industry that I went into. Yeah, there's loads of people that have got that. In loads there. of lads, loads of players did it. Uh, but people thrive on it. People want to kick you when you're down. But I'm a strong man. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I've, I've I've been through bad times in my life. But the only way that you get back is by putting things back in. You know, and that's and that's the way I've done it all my life. I've gone through bad bad things in my life and got through. Brilliant. I'll give you a phone, mate. I'll phone you. Yeah, give me a ring tomorrow and I'll feel better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Aberdeen then. What did you first? Did you know much about the Scottish League at all? They just won the Coca-Cola Cup. And did you watch it or something? No. Somebody told you that? No, well, Gascoigne was my hero, so right. I was thinking, well, I'm watching this fucking unbelievable footballer and then next minute I'm going to be playing against him. And uh, So was that so, one of the main reasons you went up there? No, 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 no. Listen, no. I had no choice. Basically, right. got on the flight with Terry. He says, "You're not fucking coming back. <laughs> we need the money." Um, and the deal was done. Listen, the deal was done on the Wednesday night. No, the Thursday night was supposed to play. We got knocked out the FA Cup, so Dolly was going to make all the first team players playing the reserve game because we didn't have a game on the Saturday. Because you got knocked out. Because we got knocked out the right, cup, okay. so we didn't have any game because it was FA Cup Saturday. Yeah. So we got beat by a non-league team, and he was fuming. So he says, "Right, you a lot fucking playing Thursday night." Right, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sat at home, preparing for the game, and then he rings me. He says, can you come to my office now? And I went, why? He said, I'll explain when you get here. He, and I went, right, he said, don't bring your boots because you're not playing. And I went, why are I playing? He said, I'll explain when you get here. So I goes in his office and he, and he says, uh, we've agreed a fee with Aberdeen. 600 grand up front. We got 750, I think, in the end, or whatever it was. And uh, he says... Uh, Roy Aitken's going to ring in a minute. I didn't have an agent. Right. And he went, um, he's going to tell you what you're getting. So I went, right. I was on, I'd signed another two-year deal, so they'd scrapped my third year. So I'd signed another two, so I'd been there four years. And my other two was 500 a week, 600 a week, 15 grand signed on fee. I thought I was fucking rich, man. <laughs> Brilliant, that. Wow, yeah. So, um, and then uh, it, I'm on the phone with Roy Aitken. 
I knew who Roy Aitken was, obviously Celtic legend and all that. I knew they'd just won the Coca-Cola Cup. Because I, I saw the game, Billy Dodson and Big Dunkey scored. Dunkey Sheena? Yeah, was great, my, my best pal. Was oh, he? Yeah, huh? fucking brilliant. And, uh, and he, 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 I'm on the phone and I went, hello, and he went, yeah, Mr Aitken. I went, hi, he says, uh, obviously we've agreed a three-way football club um, and I'm offering you... I can tell you, can I? Yeah, of course you can, yeah. £1,000 a week, £300 appearance money, 100 grand signed on fee. And he went, I went, right, OK. He says, you, you're going to come down with Terry tomorrow. I'll meet you at Aberdeen Airport. He picked us up in this big fucking mech. It was unbelievable, it was. He's got a bit of bit, Roy. He's got a bit, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was one of them where I always remember it. I got in the car and the fucking seatbelt come out like that. I thought, ah, oh, I've made this. <laughs> I've made it now. I've made it now. And uh, the deal was done. Well, the deal was done anyway. He just showed me around Petrodry, um, showed me where the training ground was. Um, and they were playing Patrick Fissel on the Saturday. So they were going straight to, to Glasgow, to, to the hotel. To stay, so he offered Terry to stay. So Terry had lunch with them. I went in the room on my own. Then I was shit myself. And he says, you sub tomorrow. So I went, OK, no problem. Uh, so I trained with lads in the afternoon, with uh, Oggy and all them, yeah. uh, Dodgy and all them. I shook their hand, met them. Um, and we travelled on the coach. I started playing cards with lads straight away. And uh, they were obviously having a bit of banter or whatever. And, um, I can remember, the, it's so strange because Patrick Fissle, it was like, I was on the bench, and I didn't know this, but you, you, well, you'll know more than me, because I'm on the bench all the time. Right? Yeah, you was on the bench a lot. <laughs> you, you, you warm up behind the goal, don't you? Yeah. In England, you warm uh, up down the side. side. Right, okay. So I remember Stuart McKimmy got sent off. So I went down to 10 men. And uh, so Roy kept going, get warmed up, get warmed up, get warmed up. So I warmed up behind the goal and the Aberdeen fans were in the top, top left-hand side. And I started singing my name. Do you know, do you? I ain't fucking kicked a ball yet. Yeah. And I thought, God, I like this. I know the old City fans sang Dean all the time. And I, and I come on. I come on. I remember coming on and we got a free kick. And I said to Big Dunk, I went, I, I said, let me take this. Let me bend this in the top corner. I fucking bent it and hit the bar. Oh, bastard. Yeah. I thought, well, we got beat 1-0 because obviously Stuart got sent oh, off. Yeah. And uh, the fans took to me straight away. Right. Just strange. So strange. Did you think it was a big club, Aberdeen? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. The yeah, and, all yeah. That, yeah, and then I, I think I can't remember who it was, and I think it was a Tuesday night where the game on the Tuesday night, and he started me just in behind, big dunk. So he looked at me as a link man. He called it like they call it a number ten, 10 now. Uh-huh. He looked at me as a link man. He said, "I want you to be a link man." Uh, the, you had Billy Dodds, Duncan Shearer, Scott Bull, and myself. And he went, "I want you to play just in behind big dunk at the time." I think it was who started. Don't know if Dodgy might have been injured or whatever. I don't know. And. Uh, I remember I scored on my, on my own debut. I always remember Dunkey was a great finisher, left foot and right. And I remember him shooting and I've just gambled at the back stick and he's sclaffed it and he's gone across the goal and I've got a tap in that back stick at the home end. And I went, ah, and that yeah. was it. And the Aberdeen fans from then, two and a half years, were fucking unbelievable to yeah. well, uh, what, what was Roy Aitken like? Was he, could he go mad? Yeah. Yeah, he'd lose it. Yeah, he'd lose it, yeah. Yeah, he'd he join in. He met, like Tommy Craig was unbelievable, great footballer. Uh-huh, Tommy Craig, he assistant manager. Uh-huh. Assistant manager. So he was, and then we had Drew Dravi, who was an Aberdeen legend. Right. You know, um, Neely Cooper, not the one who died, the other Neely Cooper. One, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So we had a good staff, you know, then obviously then Jim Layton came in, they signed Jim. We had Nicky Walker in goal, Michael Watt in goal, so we had Nicky three Walker. goalers. Uh, Nicky Walker, yeah, yeah. yeah. His dad used to be, his dad was the Walkers, wasn't he? Yeah. Shortbread. Oh, was it, right? So I used to no, bring shortbread biscuits in all the time. Oh. Probably that's why I was a fat bastard, though. <laughs> but, um, What's but the worst you've seen Roy Aitken go mad at you? Remember? I can't remember. I can't... Was I, he I, I, Yeah, he was a big man. Mm-hmm. He'd join in the 8v8s. I remember Dodger going in for a tackle with him in his fucking top Dodger, like... He's gone right over the top of Dodger, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's fucking left one on him, yeah. So you'd be playing up front and your manager would be marking you at set-half? Yeah, well, he, he, he was good. He was, he was, listen, he was, he, when you do 8v8s, you just run around everywhere, don't you? Yeah. But he'd join in, him and Tommy used to join in because they could still play. Was he a top you know player? I mean? Yeah, he was a good player, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never give the ball away, yeah. Who was, um, the, who was the best player in that Aberdeen team? Who impressed you straight away? Ian Jess. Stephen Glass coming through. Oh, Glass was good, didn't he? Went to yeah. Newcastle, yeah. yeah. But we, listen, Stuart McKimmy was, yeah, I think he was captain of Scotland, Scotland at the time. Yeah. You know, we had big John Ingalls, big Zeus. Uh, big Zeus, fucking hell, good looking big bastard he was. We had a, we had a fight in the change rooms. I remember uh, going to the play, play of the year and we had a row on the night and we were all pissed up. And I'm threatening to knock him out. He was six foot tall, by the way. What am I doing? <laughs> and next day, we comes back in next day, training ground. I'm laid on the, on the couch. Big Zeus has got wind of this. And uh, he's coming and he's just gone bang, 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 bang. I'm laid on the fucking treatment table. Done. There's claret everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck's going on here? But... Um, Obviously, I tried getting up, having a go on that, and Dodge's laid on the other bed all, all hung over, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's, it, it's all kicked off. We've had a big meeting. What big Roy's got? What the fuck's going on? Blah, blah, And then Zos ended up living with me. Oh, did he? He ended up moving in with me, yeah. Was yeah. the dressing room like that? Because it seems like there was a lot of big personalities. Big there. personalities. Big yeah. personalities, yeah, yeah. It was good. It was good. Like you said, Dunkey was coming to the end of his career. You know, Scott Scott Bull was an international, but Scott was always injured. Right. You know, so and it was like, him up. yeah, I mean, yeah, Scott was all right. It, listen, I got him well with Scott. Apparently, he slagged me off in his autobiography. There again, you see, people sometimes don't like it. I don't know why. I'm the nicest man in the world. <laughs> you know, How come but, you got him with Duncan Shearer so well? The shot I do. What does that mean? You seek him here, you seek him there. You seen the only fools and horses without? Yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. So if we ever went out drinking and we sneaked out drinking, he'd never get caught. Right. He says, you call me the shit, I do. <laughs> you seek him here, you seek him there. I used to run with him, he was crackers. But we used to, we used to, uh, we'd have to have a warm down on the Sunday and then we'd be off on the Monday. And uh, Duncan lived around the, I, I lived uh, just off Duffy Park, just off Great, Great Western Road. And my local pub was the Abigeldi. Right. And Duncan lived around the back. So after training, we'd do a warm down, we'd come in and we'd do a warm down. And he said, Geldy, he go, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we'd be off on the Monday. <laughs> and uh, obviously my wife would be at home and I'd say, look, he's kept us in training all afternoon. <laughs> Dunkey would park his car on the back, leave his car there all day so his wife couldn't see it on the road. <laughs> and then we'd just get on it, yeah. Brilliant. Just get on it. See, a Scottish dressing room was a different to an English one. With the ruthless, the boys, what was it, the bungee face they called you or something? Yeah, yeah, Dodgy and Joe Miller. Joe Miller become one of my roommates as well. And... Um, said when 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 I was a kid, did, did you do a bungee jump? So I'm going, what are you on about, you silly git? He says, well, if you did, the, the rope must have been too long because he had a smashed nose and <laughs> like a bulldog face, they called me and that. But listen, I love people taking the piss out of me. I loved it. And you it gave it just, back? Oh, without a doubt, yeah, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. I said to Zeus, I said, you look like my boxer dog. He looked like a boxer dog <laughs> with his flat nose and that. But he was ripped, do you know what I mean? Pull all the beds and all that, but... 
Listen, that was just the way change rooms are. Uh -huh. Do you know, that's... Great places, didn't they? Great, but listen, to the best days of your life. Mm. In that change room, coming in and telling stories about what you've done at the weekend and... Do you know, it was just a good crack and... Listen, but the one, listen, the one thing I found out about Aberdeen was... I remember my first ever night out. So, I've got my lads' numbers. So I said to my wife, I said, they're going out on a night out around Aberdeen. And uh, we just going to Bex Bar. So I said, right, I'll meet you. But in England, I'd meet my mates at half past seven. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I went out at half past seven. And I'm in this pub. No, I'm in this pub drinking a bottle of Miller. And I'm ringing Dodgy up and I'm ringing Joe going, where are you? They will be there soon. And I'm thinking, this is a, this is a wind up, by the way. They're not going to turn up. Mm. But they turned up about half nine, ten. Because it didn't close. In England, it closed at 11. Oh, so it was up to four in the so morning. So it was up to like, so you go in Beck's bar and then you go through the Snicket and it was like a club. A nightclub, uh, do you love that? So, God, that first night I was steaming. <laughs> I was like, but God, I had about eight, eight bottles and then uh -huh. just walk in and they go, any chance? And they go, no, we don't come out till about half nine, ten o'clock in Scotland. So I found that very quickly. Oh, I went, yeah, yeah. yeah brilliant think, yeah. night, eh? Oh, brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. And I always remember the first, that first night out. And uh, I remember coming out with Beck's bar. And I couldn't remember where I lived. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm thinking, where do I fucking live? So I rang my wife up. I rang Helen up. And it was like half past two, three o'clock in the morning. And she's going, where the fuck are you? I went, I don't know. <laughs> she's going, what can you see? So obviously, and she's going, right, just keep walking straight. And I, and I, and I actually saw this, this lad or this whatever in the bus stop. And I said, do you know where Duthie Park is? That was my first thought. Mm. Where's Duthie Park? Well, if you go down that street, right? And I went, right, he said, just follow your nose. He said, then you go down. But as soon as I followed in my nose and I saw the Abigail, then I was in there. <laughs> I knew then, because I was opposite, you see. But like that was my first ever night out. Oh, my first ever night out, yeah. They all got me pissed up and that, yeah. And I always, I always remember like, what, Terry Allen, who's a very good friend of mine, runs Tullet Recruitment and Team Recruitment in Aberdeen now. Don't know, he's bailed me out with a lot of situations. And, right. and uh, it was, we was in the Bex bar the first night and this lad came up to me and he went, uh, uh, you Dean Windus? And I went, yeah. And obviously I'd scored on my debut, so then everybody started to recognise me a little bit. And uh, he says, that man over there, and I, I, Terry, I always take the piss out of Terry now, he, he had a tash, he looked like Super Mario. Hey. And he went, he went, that lad over there, he wants to sponsor you. And I thought, it's, it's a wind-up, like, you know what I mean? And he went, he went, no, he wants to sponsor you. He runs a company in Aberdeen and he wants to sponsor you. Have, can I have your number? So I went, yeah, yeah, of course, no problem, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, next day I woke up, hangover, whatever, and uh, my phone goes, and he went, hello? He went, it's Terry Allen. I went, I went, oh? He went, Terry Allen, the, the, my, my colleague came up to you last night in the pub. I want to sponsor you. So I said, oh, yeah, no problem. I says, uh, he says, I want to sponsor you a car. So I says, I went, right, I went, right. And I didn't know this gentleman from Adam. Mm -hmm. And he went, um, I said, is it a wind-up? He went, no, 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 it's serious. I've got a box at, at Petaudry. I go week in, week out. Um, what car do you want? I went, well, why are bothered? He went, we can have anything. BMW, Mercedes, blah. And he was just like Max. Couldn't afford a Mac at the time. Uh -huh. I had a Golf, I got hell in a Golf. And uh, I says, well, whatever. So he says, well, uh, leave it with me. In the space of a week, I had a white Mercedes car with Dean Windows Aberdeen Football Club on the side in big red letters, 
to look recruitment. So when I'm driving around the city, everybody fucking knows where oh, I am. You're a dog's boy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Grand yeah. a week, on the night. Grand a week, yeah. fucking oh. 300 pounds. You've been the richest man in Aberdeen, then. I was the richest man. I got my first <laughs> signing on for yeah, and everything. It was brilliant. Right. Uh, did you watch Martin Combs' interview? I seen you retweeted the clip. Yeah, I watched Matt, it. Yeah, when you got the well, I can't remember off. that. Either. No, can you? Know? No, when he said that, pulled the handbrake off. Were you like that, or did you do pranks? I'd fuck about like that. Yeah, I'd fuck about that. What else? What other sort of stuff would you do? I've done a lot of bad things. What, like, no shit-shitting and all that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. When I was at, I, when I was at, um, when I was at Old City, Phil Brown, I was 39-year-old, <laughs> and it was before Wembley, and I wanted to play a week in, week out, but I couldn't play two games in, in a week. So he'd say, right, you're not playing Saturday, but you're playing Tuesday, or you're not playing Tuesday, you're playing Saturday. And it was Sheffield United on a Tuesday night, one of my old clubs. And he went, I'm leaving you out. I was gutted. I was fucking dead. I said, don't fucking leave me out against them. He went, no, because you're playing Saturday. I can't remember who was playing on Saturday. So I thought, fuck it. I was gutted. Uh-huh. But we had a great affinity, me and Phil. Do you know what I mean? I played against Phil when he was at Bolton. Right. Do you know, he played till he was 38, Phil. He was a fit lad. He still joined in in training. Right. And I thought, right, fuck yeah. So I went in his change rooms and I put loads of DP in his kegs. <laughs> What, the manager? Yeah, yeah, I went in this, because they had a private change room. So I put loads of DP in his underpants. And uh, so when he's driving home, obviously, his, his bollocks were on fire. <laughs> and uh, he comes in training uh, the next day. And I was sat on the couch, lads were playing darts and whatever, in the, in the canteen. And he comes walking in, like, I was always, because I travelled from Leeds, you see, so I'd get in about half eight, quarter to nine, right. get me breakfast, have a massage, do all that. And he come in. And I started singing, feeling hard, hard, hard. <laughs> but he fucking knew it was me. Yeah. But he never mentioned it. No, did he? He, never, he didn't throw it at me. He didn't go like, he knew it was me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it was just a little bit of bad. You do all sorts of things, don't you? It was just like, just stupid things. things uh, do you know, like there was, uh, there was this lad called Sa- Simon, Simon Walton. Good looking lad. So I played against him. What a good looking guy. Good looking lad. He's a hardly pull up with the ace He had a, he had a fucking worldie of a bear, right? And she was a model. Right. And she's and, the, and, the, and there's a magazine in the change rooms. And all of a sudden, I'm looking through the whatever the lads are looking through, and I, somebody went, "It's Maltz's missus." That I've gone, "Fuck off!" I went, "She's incredible." Right. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I've ripped the thing out and I put it above my place. Right? Put it above my place, right? And Maltz is in the canteen. So when when we're ready to go up training, we go walk in with our flip flops, put our boots on, and go like that. So I put it up, and I've gone malt, so I went, oh, fuck, slept with this bird last night. Ridiculous, by the way. I went, there, there. He went. <laughs> he went, that's my missus. I went, no. He went, yeah, it's my missus. He went, have you really? I went, yeah. I said, where? He went, in the hotel. He went, I can't believe it. I went, sure, you silly get. He'd gone for it. He'd gone for it. Uh-huh. He'd gone for it. Brilliant, and I saw him in Leeds actually a few, mo- uh, a few a years lad, ago. I said, Can you remember when I did that with your missus? He went, Yeah. He said, But we split up after that. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, right, just back on uh, Aberdeen. Uh, did you enjoy Scottish football? Yeah, I loved Standard it. was good at that loved time, it. wasn't it? Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, Where did you enjoy going to the Ibrox and the Celtic Park? Hearts. Love going Hearts. to Hearts. Uh, I, I must have played against Hearts 10 times, 12 times, scored nine. Every time I played against Hearts. Hearts fans absolutely hated me. Well, every supporter hated me, I think. Did you know? Did you know mind that, though? Loved it. Uh-huh. Spurry on. 
someone they called me a fat bastard. You know, my kids would say like when I was at Bother Park, and do you know like and I, and I always say on, on on when I'm doing interviews, I played till I was forty. My body fat was always down. I looked probably fat on the pitch, or the kit didn't do me any favours on my fat ass and my fat calves or whatever. But I was never ever fat. I always reached my targets. I was always fit, not the quickest, but I always could run. And the kids used to say when I was, it was hard for Helen and the kids in in the early days when the supporters were, you fat bastard, you fat bastard. But I always say to the kids, the kids used to say, Daddy, why why they call you fat when 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 you're not. You know, and he used to say, well, once they stop singing that I'm fat, not fat, or they start not singing, I'm not doing my job properly. Yeah. And then I come off the pitch and people would sit, not in them days with cameras, with phones, and you'd sign a, an autograph, you'd sign a programme, wouldn't you? Yeah. And the away supporters, remember coming out with Doncaster Rovers once and signed these two little kids, or these lads' autograph. And I went, and I went to these two lads, I bet you always call me a fat bastard today, <laughs> weren't you? They went, yeah, we was, yeah, we was, wind ass, but I, I wish you'd play for us. Uh, and that was that spared me on. Yeah. That spared me on in my life. Because you your wife was a fitness, she was a runner, wasn't Hoggy, she? Hoggy used to train her, uh-huh. so I used to go running with him. I used to go running with him, yeah. So there's so, no way you could have been fat. No, nah, Helen uh, was an unbelievable runner, 200 and 400, and the twin sister was 800. Did you have a racer? Um, oh, she was quicker than me. Was she? Yeah, yeah, she was quicker. Well, everybody was quicker than me. <laughs> I played in the Premier League and David Seaman was quicker <laughs> than me. <laughs> See, just in Scotland, who impressed you when you were up there that you played yeah, against? Yeah, Ian Jess. Ian Jess was different. But I mean, playing against, was oh, anyone Gascoigne, you played? Gascoigne for me. Was he frightening? I'm on the after dinner circuit now, and he, he's probably the one of the best footballers I've ever graced a football pitch with. Mm. He'd he, he become a very good friend of mine now. And I've had my problems and Paul's obviously had his. And, but he was just in, incredible. I remember him when, when they got nine in the row and he scored that trick against us. At, at uh, you playing that day? That, that, that that the reason, I don't know why, but every time we played Aberdeen, uh, every time we played Rangers, I always, had to, I always had to drop in and mark him. Would you noise each other that? I, I, remember, I remember playing him, first ever played Rangers at uh, Petaudry. And I couldn't, I couldn't stop staring at him. I was in awe of him. I was in awe of him. So I used to watch DVDs as a kid. I was absolutely in awe of him. And and, and I thought, the only way that I'm going to beat this lad is I'm going to, I'm going to have to kick him. I'm going to have to, you know what I mean? I'm going to have to leave one on him. And I've gone to do him. And he's reversed nutmeg me and started laughing. I thought, fuck me. This, long is, day. this is a long day. This <laughs> is going to be... It. But Richard Goff and that, they just give him the ball in tight areas. And the day that when he scored the hat-trick against us in the 1-9 in the row, we went 1-0 up, actually. Um, I think it was uh, Brian Irving scored, we went 1-0 up. And then all of a sudden, I remember Richard Goff saying to Gascoigne and McLaren at the back. Alan McLaren. Alan McLaren, uh, he was a nasty fucker as well. And uh, I can remember Goffy going like that to Gazza going, because they were 1-0 down. He's going, come on, Gazza, come on, turn this round for us. And... uh, He'd done me in the box. He sent me for a pie. He's faded to shoot and he smashed it left peg in the top, in the uh, roof of the net. The second one, he's whipped in a cut, uh, free kick. Uh, uh, Nicky Walker was in goal and he's reversed it and he's gone in that top corner. He's not gone over the wall. So he's that side and he's reversed it. That was his second. They went 2-1 up. And then he's ran from the halfway line. He's gone past. Uh, he's gone past Paul Bernard, who was a quick lad, strong lad. He's gone past me as I want there, and he's ran the full length of the pitch and bent it in the top corner. Three. It was just an incredible. Did occasion. you tell him on the pitch? Was I kissed know? him afterwards. I just said, like, wow, you've got to just hold your hand up. This man's the best English footballer I've ever graced a football pitch with. 
Would you have a laugh during the game? Or was it yeah, we'd have banter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it'd become like, in the, then obviously when I went to Middlesbrough, you know, the biggest regret, people say, what, what's the biggest regret at Middlesbrough? Gaz are going to Everton. Because he went to Everton. Missed it on him. And I missed out on him being in the change room with him. Mm. Imagine me and him in the change room. Oh, 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 oh. Fucking can't. <laughs> Did you only need to mark him at a corner once? I had to mark him at a corner and he, he, yeah, and he, he, he got his, his own man out, yeah. <laughs> And he had it in his hand. Yeah, and you were holding it? I hold it, yeah, yeah. He's just, he's just, he's just stupid, man. He's just got, he's off the scale, isn't he? Is he, yeah. But he, he, he played with, listen, people would say you remind me of Gascoigne, to me. Yeah, I played with a smile on my face. Yeah, I messed about. Yeah, I tried getting the crowd going. I was never having a, in his league. Not in his league, man. See, so when you're up against certain halves and that, would you, give, would you be giving each other yeah. a bit of hope? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd wind people up. What, just yeah. Well, it's big brother now. You can't do it now. I couldn't play now. Sent off. When I got sent off three times at Dundee United, it was just it was just a crazy afternoon. But yeah, I had to. Had is, it, but is it sad that that's going through the game though? Yeah, a bit of winding people yeah, up. Yeah, I think that I think that'll still go on. I think the, the verbals will still go on. But the trouble is now players go out and put cover the mouth over, don't they? Because yeah. everybody you get people reading the the lips now. Yeah. In my day, you, you could stand on people's toes in the box. You could do nice to pull goalkeeper's shorts down when the referee <laughs> wasn't listening. Okay then. But I'd wind the centre half up, yeah. I'd say that I'd slept with your wife and this, that, and other. Because I, I, I wanted a reaction. Uh-huh. But there, there, there go, shoot you fat bastard. Oh, I heard that one before. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh, but it, like, you, just, you just try winding as many people as you can up. Because you wanted a reaction, you wanted them to kick you. To, for them to get sent off, then you've got the upper hand, you know what I mean? Uh, so when Josh had the opportunity to go and play in Scotland, did you encourage him to go? He rang me up and he just says, uh, Obviously, uh, David Weir, who I played against uh, David at Hearts and Rangers, he was assistant manager with, with Warburton. And I went, fucking, it's a no-brainer, man. No disrespect, Glasgow Rangers the biggest club I've ever. Because I think John Coleman that would try to put him off it, wasn't it? Yeah, they, he'd done a pre-contract, and he? I don't think that went down well. Uh-huh. Um, and I just said, you go where you go. You know, I'm never go- you're a grown man now. You know, I never tell him, I, never t- I tell him if he's played bad. Do you know what I mean? I'll tell him if he's done things I wrong. Don't but um and my dad never told me when I played good, but he always told me when I played bad. So I'd say to him, Yeah, you've done all right today. I'd never say you were brilliant. Yeah. I'd say you've done all right today, but you know, sometimes stand still. You know, you're running around so much. You know, he likes to play. Listen, when he, when Warburton signed him, you know, pure football, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, that Proper that, that was right, the way he wants to play Warburton, and I love that. Um and Josh loved that. Josh loves footballers, football, you know, he don't like yeah. people launching it, you know, this, that, another. And um, when he went there, and the first time I, the first time I went to, listen, I had a bit of banter with, with Glasgow Rangers fans when he left on Twitter, which it wasn't malicious whatsoever. I had a bit, I said the wrong word, which I shouldn't have said, and it didn't mean anything maliciously, you know, it didn't. I got a bit of stick, but some Glasgow Rangers fans would say, I hope your son dies. Now, you know, I could take that as a bit of banter, but as soon as I have a little bit of banter back, you get slaughtered. Yeah, I get slaughtered for it. Everything that I tweeted, because I'm verified on Twitter, was going in the Glasgow, and Josh was going mad at me, going, Dad, stop tweeting, stop replying. Do you know? And so, is it hard when you're seeing your kid getting that? It's like, listen, it's tough when, listen, I don't mind people saying, you know, you, you know, your son's shit, or your son's this, or your son's that, but don't, don't go around saying, I hope he's fucking, he gets cancer, or I hope he dies, or like that. It's just a bit below the belt. And I put a, a derogatory comment out. I'm not going to say it, but I could, everybody knows what I mean. And it wasn't meaning anything like that. Do you know, I've got a deaf and dumb uncle. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not racist, I've never been sexist, I've never put any disability down, never done anything like that in my life. Like I say, I respect everybody. But when, you're getting, when your son's getting a bit of grief, fair enough. You know, they pay money to, to criticise, I understand that. But when I first went to watch him at Glasgow Rangers, I was the proudest man. Listen, people say when, when I scored the goal at Wembley, my dad was the proudest man in Hull. I went, yeah, whatever. I realise now. Yeah. I know my dad's not here anymore, but... So what game did you get up to? Was it his debut you went to? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. I think it was the Aberdeen game, actually, when they played at Ibrox. I never went to... I wanted to go to Petrodri to watch him at, uh, at, at Petrodri and that, but I, never, I was working full city at the time, so I, I had to pick my games. Um, but uh, when, I got, when I went there and they started singing Penny Arcade and that, I'm a crybaby, me. And I admit, I had tears in my eyes. Tears, yeah. Watching my son walking out for the, one of the biggest clubs in the country with the best fan base that you probably ever ever meet in your life, it was just so, I was so, like, proud. Do you know what I mean? Me and, me and Jordan went, his brother went, and it was just so, it was... But when I got there, because Glasgow Rangers fans hated me when I played for Aberdeen, obviously, but when I got there, the, the supporters were fantastic. They'd see me in the car park, see me going into the box, or see me going into the stands. You know, Josh got me tickets, I'd, I'd sit with the supporters. I'd never be a big time and go yeah, get yeah. in the in the box. So I'd, I'm a supporter. Do you know I'm I'm a Glasgow Rangers fan now. Do you know what I mean? Aber Aberdeen fans never give me any stick. Yeah. Do you know because they they knew that obviously you support your, your, your family. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's well, just the way. Well, what did you think when you seen them doing like, stuff like that to the Rangers fans? That do you hang off for fuck's sake, George? Or would you have done the same yeah, thing? I'd have done the same. same thing, yeah. yeah, listen, people say don't, 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 don't celebrate when you play against your old team. What a lot of bollocks. No, I think it was he done that to the he Rangers fans. Done that to the Rangers, Rangers fans, fans, yeah, because yeah. he got a bit of stick. Thick, uh -huh. But that's his character. That's, I, I like that. Yeah, I like that. He's got a bit about him. You know, he's got a bit about him where, listen, you know, so, listen, I, 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 know, the, I know the rules of the Glasgow Rangers fans. They're the hardest supports probably to please. Do you know, if you have a bad game, you get, there's 50,000, by the way. Yeah. Do you know, you're not going to everybody's going to like you. That's tough. And I said, so Josh should say, it's a difficult diff, difficult audience to play in front of. When you play well, they love you. When you play shit, they slaughter you. Yeah. But I said, Josh, they pay money to slaughter you. They pay your wages to slaughter you. So take it on the chin, do you know, and accept the plaudits, but accept the criticism. Mm. So he'd put a little bit on Twitter or something like that, and I'd say, look, do you know, I'm the world's worst for having bantering, yeah. you know, trying to wind people up. Um, but everything I did was in the papers. So I learned, I didn't know that these, these comments were going in the papers. I actually says when he first signed, he could, he could be like the next Gascoigne. Do you know, not in a sense that, like Paul Gascoigne, he could be one of the best players because everybody thought, who's these two lads coming from Accrington? Yeah. Okay, everybody knows that it's Dean Windus, his son. And all the Rangers fans hated fucking Dean Windus because <laughs> he played for Aberdeen. But I sort of said, just give him time, give him time, time to... Kid, uh -huh. And listen, when, when, when Mark got the sack, and then obviously the foreign Cachini came in, he played Josh on the left. And he hated that, didn't he? He hated it. Uh -huh. He hated it. And I said, go in and tell him. Do you know, don't be scared to have confrontation with managers. Do you know, they like their opinion. They might, they might tell you to get out, or they might tell you to piss off, or they might say, well, you're playing there, or you don't. But if you're playing on the left, then do the, the best job as you can. Yeah. He didn't like it, but he, he, he did it. Do you know, and then. And then all of a sudden, his life changed, in my opinion, when Graham Mater took over. How come? He played him down the middle. Yeah. So Rangers fans, were Rangers fans were giving him a bit of criticism, rightly so, because obviously he looks as that, he's got that attitude where he don't give a shit what he does. He's not, listen, he's never going to go in for 50-50s and smash people. It's not him. 
but he'll go past you yeah. and he's got pace and he's got a good football brain, do you know, and he's got a great attitude. As I said, all he speaks about is football, mm. do you know. I'm going to be brutally honest, he didn't want to leave Glasgow Rangers. Were you disappointed you left? I was. But it was one of them situations where when he was with Graham May and then all of a sudden the shackles came off. He started playing in behind. What did he get? 18 goals. Mm -hmm. Every week he's scoring goals. He's playing for the biggest club in the country, by the way. And I'm going like, a little bit envious, really. Yeah. Do you know, going, wow. Do you know what I mean? I wish I was playing again and I was playing for Glasgow Rangers. And he absolutely, I love going up there. The city is a great city to live in. Do you know, he, he had a lovely house in the West End. Do you know, um, and it, I always say to him, it's not about the money. You learn the money, the better you play, the, the more money you learn. And that's what he'll do in his career. I'm, I'm quite sure that he'll go on and play in the Premier League in England. Um, but he needs the right he needs the right club at the right time to like he did with under Graham Marty. Mm. Graham Marty got the best out of him. Graham Marty had it, done a fantastic job. I played against Graham when he was at Reading as a right back. So Busy, wasn't he? Ah, but he, so he just he, he just like when we did it with, with Jimmy Bullard when we did the drill for Soccer AM, he went up there and I spoke to Graham, he said he's just unbelievable. Mm. Do you know the lads love him in the change rooms. Some some lads do not think he's a bit arrogant and that he's not he's not like that. He, he's not got a bad bone in his body, the kid. No, do you know what I mean? Kid, he just has he loves banter. He loves it and he's seen it with me all my life. Do you know what I mean? I took him in change rooms when he was a kid. Did you take him ahead? Yeah, yeah. I took him in change rooms. I took him in Sheffield United change rooms and when they, when Josh and Jordan they was they were mascots when I played for Middlesbrough. So I was always around that banter. Do you know right. what I mean? Did you know Stephen Gerrard? Yeah. Well, I played against Stephen when he was at Liverpool, so I got the phone call in Portugal. Did you speak to Stephen Jenner? I spoke to Stephen and uh, his agent ran me up and says uh, Wigan have come in for him. Um, I think two and a half million plus add-ons. I don't know where, well, I don't know what the fee was. Three, I think went. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Three and a half million in the end, I think. And uh, 
and he, I'd spoke to Paul Cook before and he's always fancied him when he was at Portsmouth, when Josh was at Accrington, you know, and then he went. So I knew Cook, he fancied him. And uh, he said, Dad, what do I do? I said, what do you want to do? He went, I want to stay at Glasgow Rangers. But I don't want to play on the left. And uh, I spoke to Stephen in Portugal. He, he said he's not going anywhere. And then obviously they're going to the hotel. There's a game, I think. And uh, Stephen pulled him. Obviously the cl two clubs then agreed a fee. And Stephen says to Josh, go and have talks with Wigan. If you don't work out, turn back. And you're part of this club. Yeah. And obviously he agreed a fee. They agreed a, a personal terms, whatever he agreed. And uh, I says, right, you know, it's another chapter in your life now. But I think he was good. I, he didn't want to leave. No, he said that. Uh... Yeah, he didn't want to leave because he loved the club. He loved, listen, sometimes you play for a big, big club like that, you're going to be in the spotlight all the time. Yeah. He, he enjoys that, doesn't he? Uh... he, he but the trouble is, like, it's very difficult for him because when I, used, when, I, when I go up and see him and we go to Nando's, so, listen, all he does is drink coffee and goes have food. He needs to get a life, doesn't he? Watch his dogs. Uh, he needs to get a life. What a boring man he is. <laughs> and, and so when we're walking around the city, people are recognising me, then obviously him. But he'd always have his cap on. He'd always have his hood up. You know, he didn't like that. He didn't, he did, did, yeah, he didn't like the... the I'm a little bit Do different you know the character. I was like that. I'm Dino Aware. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's like that. He's very humble, you know. And the, and the one thing I love him about that, he, he, you know, he doesn't like being in the spotlight. You know, he, listen, don't get me wrong. I always say to him, people come to you, Take you photos, you sign autographs, you do as much as you can. Do you know, if you've got to go to schools after training, you do it. Do you know, you put something back. And and and, and he, he, he likes all that. I went to a... He's not... He wasn't... He's, he's got better in front of a camera or whatever, in front of interviews. I watched, yeah. I watched this he's one. He was decent, wasn't he? He was all right, yeah. <laughs> he's, he, he's quite a clever lad, really. Yeah. He, he, do you know what I mean? But he, he, he was very unsure about doing interviews. I said, it's just part of football. You've got to do that. You've got to learn how to do it. Mm. Do you know? But nowadays, I think you go into press conferences, they get told what to say. Yeah, it's rubbish, aren't I'd go into press conferences, I'd say whatever I wanted to say. Do you know the what I mean? Have gone, Them they? days have gone now, so they get it's well regimented, it. Rubbish. Right, we'll go back to you, mate. Uh, talk us through the re three red cards. Just lose your head. Just dead went. Roy was under pressure. Uh, he said we had to win on Sunday. I think it was... Peterson, was it Peterson? Left back for Dundee United. Right. Patterson. Patterson. Jim Patterson, yeah. Is that him? Yeah, it's him, uh And uh, so me and Dodgy are up front. The kickoff plays it to midfield player. He plays it to Patterson, the left back. And I goes to close him down. And as I've gone to close him down, he's clipped it down the line and I've, I've left one on him. Old striker. 30 seconds. Oh, the, the, yeah. the centre forwards <laughs> love that one. And straight away, Big road bottom. bottom. Oh, was it John Noble? John. <laughs> Big John, yeah. Ball dead. 30 seconds, give me a yellow card. So Big Roy always used to say, hey, sir, hey, sir, didn't he? And uh, I can't remember what score it was. We're 2 0 down anyway. And my head's gone. And it was the same tackle on him. And he's gone rolling around. What, you smashed him again? Smashed him again, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, He's gone rolling around. Ref's come up, yellow, red. And as his, my head's gone, obviously. And he, 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 as he's given me the red card, I've called him a, a Scottish C next Tuesday. 
<laughs> and then as I've gone off near the corner flag, I've fucking slobbed the corner flag down on the floor out of anger. So it comes in at the end of the game, we got beat five. Jim Layton's in goal for Dundee United. Oh, he'd went to Dundee United, right? And uh, beat us 5-0. Comes in at the end of the game. Just apologised to everybody. Roy went, don't worry about it, your head's gone. Red I missed. Did he, fair play. Right, he just said red missed. But I didn't know what was coming. So he went, red missed. You learn from it, basically. All of a sudden, there was a, a chap on the door. And the full official comes walking in and says, can I have uh, uh, the manager of Aberdeen Football Club and Mr Windus in the referee's room, please? So I walks in the referee's room, Roy comes in behind me, sits where you are, I'm sat here. You're all there. Just read the right act. Reporting Dean for the two tackles, which is a red card. Reporting Mr Windus for calling the referee a Scottish Sea next Tuesday. Did he say that, the Scottish Sea? <laughs> uh, that's another red card. Reporting Mr Windus for pun punching or pulling the corner flag out the ground which could have endangered the supporters. That's another red card. So we're filing in three red cards. So fucking, I shouldn't say this because I do this on the afternoon circuit, but I'll, I'll So then Roy turns around and says, excuse me, why am I in, the, in this room? He says, because you're, you're Dean Windus's manager. He went, I fucking won't be in morning. <laughs> <laughs> he got sacked that morning. But did he get sacked? He got sacked next morning. I had, to go, I had to go see Stuart Milne at half past eight. What did he say to you? Well, he put ice in for our fight to see the, see the chairman. And as I'm driving in to Petaudry, comes on the radio that Roy had been sacked. And uh, I had to go see Stuart. He'd found me two weeks' wages by the club. SFA found me two weeks' wages. I got an eight-game ban. Eight? Eight, yeah. Eight-game ban, yeah. Um, and this is where I left Aberdeen because then Keith Birkinshaw took over as temporary charge. He made me train in the afternoon. He didn't want me to be around the first team. Never heard of him, any. Hopeless. Fucking not work. It was manager of Tottenham, Molly. Oh, was he, right? Yeah, he should have fucking stayed there. <laughs> and, and then he made me train in the afternoon. So I had to go with Hoggy every, every afternoon. So I'd go up to the beach. That's enough punishment, yeah. That's enough for that, yeah. <laughs> that ugly bastard, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so he took me to the beach. Um, I'd go on treadmills and I trained in the afternoon. I'd run up the steps in, at Petaudry. I never drank for about eight or nine weeks. And then Alec Miller came in and he kept the same rule. You know, you're not training with the first team. Even though you were, you could play now? No, the I could play. Was no, 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 I was, still, I was still banned. Right. And then I think two weeks before my ban, he, he let me start training with the players. I lost a lot of weight. Trained, trained really hard. Hoggy got me super fit. And then uh, he played me first game against Motherwell. I scored 1-1-0. One, one, and then we had Rangers in the cup on the Tuesday night and he left me out. And then he kept leaving me out. Did you consume him when you're getting left yeah, out? I kept, yeah, we, we, he fucking hated me. We, <laughs> we, 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 he's the only manager in my football career that I never got on well with. Why did you get out with? I don't know, he just, he just didn't like me. But I was, I was opinionated. Right. I'd say what I felt. Surely he'd dealt with big players. Surely he was used to that now. Oh, he dealt with big players, all right. <laughs> he, used to come in to, he used to come in to training with still, called, still toe caps on, Alec Miller. Because <laughs> he was assistant manager at Scotland. <laughs> and there was Gary McAllister, uh, Gordon Drury. Gordon Strachan. Gordon Strachan. Goffey. Coisty. 
And you come in and just fucking name drop every morning <laughs> after international games. And what would you shout to And I'd go, here we go, here, get, get your, say to all the players, get your steel toe caps on, boys, the gaffer's coming in. Be fucking dropping some names in a minute. <laughs> oh, bro. But I'd sit in front of him. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? And he couldn't take and it. And he couldn't take it. And then me and Zeus went for a coffee one night on a Thursday night in a bar. And we weren't drinking, we just went for a coffee. Zeus was staying at my house. And he fucking walked by this bar. But we were drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. And he, he obviously I'm rowing with him now. I'm not in the team, I'm on the bench. Do you know, he's playing David Rowson instead of me. Fucking come on, don't be a favour. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's time for me to have my boots up if David Rowson took my place. No, dis- no disrespect, Dave, but and uh, but it, I just didn't see eye to eye with him. It was just that personality clash. Which happens. Which happens. And I was, as you say, I was ruthless sometimes. I could be ruthless. Not nasty, not being rude. I'd say what I felt. Yeah. And uh, I can, so I can remember going out. Listen, the one thing that Dean Winders did after every game on a Saturday was take his wife out, win, lose or draw. So I go into Aberdeen and have a few drinks. My wife would have Josh, so she needed a break. We get a babysitter. Lived in the cul-de-sac, best cul-de-sac ever. Everybody loved each other. Doors was open. One everybody. of the cul-de-sacs, you're all out of each other. Oh, no, yeah, <laughs> it, was just, but, yeah it was one of them where, you, you know, uh-huh. Hogman, you know, that was in Scotland. You, you just leave your door open, you know, and people are walking your house, have a drink. But we had a great cul-de-sac, you know, it was brilliant. And and so we'd go out on a Saturday night, me and Helen and all oh, my friends. I never, ever, apart from going out Christmas dues or, or, or lads organising dues, I never went out with footballers. I went out with a lad called Big Jim McLaughlin. You know, like a builder sort of roof, for sort of type. Right. Um, and the pub of dunk scene about, is it? Just in the Abergeldy with dunk. Um, Terry Allen, go out with him all the time with his work colleagues. I just went out with work lads. Right. But on the Saturday night, I took my wife out, with, 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 you know, every Saturday. For, since we were married, every Saturday we'll go out together. And we goes out one night with uh, a lad called Tommy. Tommy and his girlfriend. Tommy was like a, a martial arts expert. And uh, he did drinks, so he'd have a van. And he'd drive us round. And uh, we'd go out in town, he'd have a coke, you know, we'd I'd be on the bottle of Miller's, Helen would have a drink, and Tommy's girlfriend would have a drink. And uh, one night goes in the goes out, goes in the kebab shop, in the queue, people recognise me, can have a photo, blah blah blah, no problem. Had a few drinks. And then this lad in the queue said, uh, Windass, is that your wife? And I went, Yeah, 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 it is, yeah. He went, she's a fucking slag. And my head's gone. My head fell off. Mm. So I've nutted this lad, right? And as I've nutted him, Tommy's grabbed hold of me. It was like the, the A-team bus, do you know, the big black bus. <laughs> Opens the sliding door, throws me in the door. Obviously, gets out, drives off. I come in training next couple of days, whatever it was, on the Monday. And Miller pulls me in. And he says... Uh, Obviously, we've had a complaint. I says, uh, what's that then? He said, they've got out to tell me about Saturday night. I went, no, why? He went, kebab shop. I went, Donna. Yeah, Donna. <laughs> Plenty of uh, chilli on it. And a chicken. And, uh, and I knew where I was coming from. I knew what I was getting at. So uh, he went, um, can you tell what happened? So I says, well, what do you know? He says, you've hit this lad in the kebab shop. And I says, yeah, I did, yeah. He went, why? Oh, you don't know the story then? So then my head's gone now. Yeah. I know that me and him don't like each you other. Know, he's actually, he's actually 
on the verge of like either trying to sack me or try get me out of the club. So I went, you don't know the story then, do you? And he went, he went, no, tell me. I went, okay. I went, if I called your wife a slag, what would you do? He went, what? I went, if I called your wife a slag, what would you do? He went, well, I won't be happy. I went, well, I wasn't happy. And somebody called my wife that. So I hit this kid. Well, I didn't know that. I went, well, why you fucking got me in here then? And I just walked out. And that was it done after that? Me and him, relationship, gone. Gone. He wanted, wanted to sign Craig Ignat, which he eventually got to do, but he had to get me out. First. First. And then that's when they ended up leaving. And you said to leave Aberdeen? Yeah, I didn't want to. Ellen didn't want to leave. She Ellen loved didn't it, want to leave. Did she, she loved it. She had loads of friends. Absolutely loved it. What had been your best memory at Aberdeen? Game, goal, whatever? Uh, um. The pro playing at playing at Hamden against Hearts in the semi-final, but we got beat 2-1. Michael Watlob won in. It, I think it was uh, Alan Johnson who scored for Hearts. He ended up, ended up playing with Alan at Middlesbrough. Good player, Left it? winger, uh -huh. cut inside, had a shot and it's gone under Watty. Uh, that was a big regret, not getting to a cup final. Um, just playing at Ibrox and Celtic Park. Listen, going to Celtic Park, man, was a different world, man. You know, you're coming out and you just can't hear yourself think. I can remember Josh telling me, saying, listen, he, I, never, I, was, I was never good enough to play for Glasgow Rangers, but, you know, I, I was never good enough to play in a, in a derby um, for Rangers and Celtic. And, and I remember Josh telling me, saying, Dad, he went home, he said, I've got a headache. The noise was that loud that he went home with a headache. Was there uh, never any interest in the, the two of you when you were Aberdeen? Well, no, not really, no. Um, I made Dodgy's career, me. <laughs> and he'll watch this, and he'll be, hey, you know, you know, I'm right, Dodgy. <laughs> so what happened was we we got West scoring goals for fun, me and Dodgy. We 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 had an unbelievable partnership, and then Dunkey would come on. Dunkey, we just called <laughs> Dunkey. Dunkey was a twat because he. <laughs> I, I used to call him Zorro, because he'd be on the bench, and he'd tell us this. So me and Dodgy be up front, and obviously Baldy was injured again, <laughs> and uh, I thought I'd get that, and. Uh, and he'd be on the bench, and I remember uh, Sharpie uh, and, uh, and, and Davey Wiley, the physios, and they'll say, he's a, he's a fucking, fucking donkey, mate. Right? I go, why? He'd he have me on the bench. <laughs> well, we so if you give the ball away, they go, Gaffer, get him off, he's fucking rubbish. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. But he'd come in and go, I fucking destroyed you today. So I used to call him Zorro. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. But he'd come in and go, fuck, I've got to get my appearance money. I've got to get on. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, he, he, but then me and Dodger started fucking scoring goals for fun, man, fucking hell. I can't remember how many goals I got one year and he got the same or whatever. And uh, uh, Roy pulled me in and he says, Craig Brown's been on the phone. Have you got any Scottish grandparents? So I was never good enough to play for England. Bear in mind you had Shearer, yeah. Fowler, Sheringham, Andy Cole, you know, all these centre forwards, top players, top, top players. So I was never good enough to play for England, not in a million years. And, uh, and he pulls me in. Roy, he says, have you got any Scottish grandparents? I said, I ain't got a clue. Hoggy. He says, can you find <laughs> yeah, I'll get you. So I says, uh, so I ran my dad up, my dad was alive, and I said, Dad, I just had a, my gaffer just pulled me in, have I got any Scottish grandparents? And if you don't know Hazel Road in Hull, it was a bit of a rough place in Hull years and years ago, and I was born on Hazel Road. Hull people understand this. And uh, and then I moved to Gypsy when I was two years old. I said, Dad, have I got any Scottish grandparents? He went, you're from fucking Hazel Road in Hull. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> Serious, right? So I goes to Roy, I said, well, I, don't, I don't think I have, I've, you know, I ain't got any. He 
said, oh, well, great, Craig Brown wanted to play for Scotland. Subsequently, fucking Dodger got in. Uh, he got so in. he got Dodger got in, yeah. He got yeah. Dodgy so I got Scotland, Dodgy, yeah. <laughs> if I'd have been Scottish, Dodgy, well, you wouldn't have played for Scotland, son. And, uh, but no, Dodgy was playing well at the time, so obviously he needed a centre forward. Dodgy was Scottish, obviously. And then uh, was at the was at the PFA Awards uh, when I when I went and moved back to England, and uh, Mick McCarthy was there. And we were having a few drinks, and uh, and Big Mick come up, and he went, "Have you got any Irish grandparents?" Right, uh -huh. true story. And I went, "Yeah, I have, Mick. Yeah, have a fuck." Just like... <laughs> I was just messing about. Uh -huh. So I went, "Yeah, I have." And this is when Republic of Ireland was just going to the World Cup. Uh, I can't remember what year it was. And yeah, uh, so I'm in the house next day and my mobile goes private number. And I don't normally answer private numbers, but I thought, so I went, hello. He went, hi, is that Dean Windows? I said, yeah, it is. He said, it's uh, Mick McCarthy's secretary. So I went, oh, hello. He says, uh, we've had a phone call from Mick and saying that you've got uh, Irish grandparents. Can you bring your paper? <laughs> I went, <laughs> I hadn't. I was only messing about. <laughs> so I could have played for Scotland if I had Scotland. I could have played for Ali. And I, I, went to I, I would Yeah, I could have gone to a World Cup, yeah. But listen, as you say, I was never good enough to play for, for England. But, you know, the one the one manager that I would have liked to have played for, not just because of the Ireland can, Irish connection with Big Mick. Uh -huh. Top man. Top man. You know, top Yorkshireman. Barnsley lad. Tells us it is. Oh, I'd love to have played for him. Uh -huh, brilliant. You know, one of, them, one of them managers where you just want to play for. You know, he was just he was just brilliant and another one Ian Holloway. I'd love to have oh, played for character, Ian. Huh? Fucking Heard some great man. stories of Ian Holloway. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, man. Brilliant. brilliant. Right, quickly, on to Bradford. Uh, we'll just round it up quickly. Yeah. The prim he's got promoted to the Premier League. As yeah. you said, that was your dream to be a Premier League player. Yeah. How buzzing were you? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd signed for Oxford and then they'd sold me for 950 grand for, to Paul Jewell. Uh, Bradford were third in the Championship. Robbie Blake, Lee, Lee Mills up front with eyes high ranking, just, but he was a young boy from Arsenal. Jagger went, Paul Joe went, I need you to push these two. They're my main strikers, but I need you to push these two. Um, wanting the team at first, um, then, got, then got in, then come out, then got in. Millsy got injured, so I played up front as the target man. i become like a number nine then. Right. And then uh, automatic promotion. Beat right. Wolves last game of the season. Couldn't catch my breath. Ah, oh, buzzing! I was on. Emotional again. Yeah, yeah, but oh, I was. It was just a, they. They opened top bus. The, the scenes around Bradford was was just incredible. You, you you double your salary. You're in the Premier League. You. It was just. I bought a new house just outside Bradford, so you know Josh was then obviously you know coming to five. I think four, five, six year old going to school. John had been born, so I had a perfect life really. How good was that dressing room? McCall, Lee Sharp. Brilliant. Funny lads. Dean Saunders. Like, Dean Saunders on the circuit. Go on, give us a Dean Saunders story. He, I just, he, he, he just, he just, he? He just, he just couldn't get out of the change room. He just could not get out of the change rooms. He, he'd be just telling fucking stories. Terry Orif was his assistant manager. So, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz, isn't it? You know, the, the lion. <laughs> just go, put him up. <laughs> so Terry looked like the lion. So, Dino used to take the piss out of Terry. Because obviously, he'd been his manager at Wales. So, it was just a great change room. It meant, like, like the Phil Brown one with Wembley. It, the, the, the Ian Ashby's, the Nicky Barnby's, the, the Wayne Brown's, Bose Mile, Andy Dawson, Brian Hughes, myself, young Fraser Campbell coming through. The change room managed itself. Mm -hmm. Phil didn't have to do anything. They're the best teams, aren't they? They're the best teams. They're the best lads. No big time Charlies. We had that with McCall, Bagry, B 
Big was a fantastic. Oh, Stuart McCall, man. I played against Stuart when he was at Glasgow. The interview Stuart McCall, what a guy, eh? Fucking brilliant, lad. Great fucking character. Great player. Do you know, probably didn't get the, the, the plaudits as he got. He did the simple things good, mm. but he was a leader. That Barnett. He was, was an ogre. Oh, oh, God, that Barnett. <laughs> How do you become ginger, then blonde? <laughs> That's a shock. Do you know what I mean? He used to say I'm strawberry blonde, not ginger. <laughs> How do you become ginger then blonde? It's terrible. Do you know what I mean? Well, do you remember the celebration? I was behind him. I was behind him. When he got on the car on the car. And he had a can of lager in his hand. And he's fucking dancing on the car. And next minute he's tumbled backwards. And I've I've got the hat on. If anybody sees the scenes, I've got the hat on behind you and I'm I'm like that dancing and what have you. And you still, he never dropped his can. <laughs> Fucking best thing ever, by the way. And uh, we played the charity game two weeks later. Paul Meadows playing the charity game two weeks later for some whatever. And Stuart couldn't play because he'd done his neck. neck yeah. <laughs> so he sat on the bench, Stuart. He right. can't move his neck. How did you find the Premier League? Uh, demanding. Listen, going, going to Bradford, you knowing that you're going to be in a relegation battle. Still going to hurt. Jagger just said, when you win as many home games as you can. I'd scored 10 goals. I was top goal scorer with 10 goals. Um, do you know, which was, listen, for, for me, was a massive achievement to play in the Premier League. From that little boy getting released at 18 to, to, to be playing against the best players in the world. Do you think back to the times when you get there? Yeah. You do? Yeah, uh, yeah, you give it on them. <laughs> Not done bad. And then look um, at the bank balance. And then look at the bank balance and then get divorced and then look at the bank balance. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, nah, listen, you're playing against the best players week in, week out, week in, week out. And like you said, the, the season that we got to the Premier League, I never went on holiday. I know that Helen had just had Jordan. Oh, really, right? I just trained right through. I trained every day. Mike and Gray was one of my teammates at Oxford. I was still at a house in Oxford, so I was trying to sell the house. So I was based in Oxford at the time when the season finished. And uh, so before the Premier League season, I just said to Martin, will you come running with me every day? And we used to do fartlet runs every day. I never switched off. I trained and I just trained and, and I went back unbelievably fit. Oh, you know, yeah. it was like... So that stood me in good stead, really, for the first season in the Premier League. Do you know, Paul sort of played me. He sort of changed the system a little bit. It went 4-3-3. So then I used to play right your side of Stuart and Gareth Wally, or Neil Redfern, Stuart and myself. In midfield, did you? Yeah, so we started off 4-4-2, but we got, we're getting overrun a little bit. Yeah. And now I play, play up front with Dean Saunders, uh, Robbie Blake or whatever. Do you know, Millsy left. Um, and you have Jamie Lawrence on the right, Peter Bigger on the left, Wally and Stuart McCall, centre midfield. Uh, Wayne Jacobs left back, big Darren Moore. Uh, Weatherall. Uh, uh, Weatherall, yeah, uh, in the Premier League. Yeah. But you had uh, John Dreyer, Ashley Westwood, Stevie Wright, who played for Rangers. Right, yeah, yeah. He was right back, Gary Walsh and goal. So we had a great squad. Yeah. Do you know, then Sharpie came in from Sampdoria, Dean Saunders then came in. Big name, Sampdoria. Ah, oh, mate. Was, Neville, Stan, Stan, was Neville Southall on him? Neville, Neville, Neville was goalkeeping coach. How was and he? he had to play against Leeds, Nev. Yeah, and he was a bit... He, he didn't really look after himself as much as he was. <laughs> Probably the best goalkeeper in the world, but he didn't really look after himself, big, big Nev. But great, another one, another great character in the change room. Yeah. Who was the, who's the best strike partner you played there? There you go, there's a question. Fucking hell. Alan Boxic. Oh, what a player. Middlesbrough, was it, wasn't it? Oh, wow. Incredible. Was he Croatian? Croatian. Yeah. But he was the best centre-forward, left foot, right foot. Good in the air, quick. But if he was bothered... Don't give up. Don't give up. <laughs> Love that. Well, Alan was brilliant, and I tell the story, and I just sort of went. Robbie Stockdale said to me, yeah, he was single lad, but, and I always say this, he was on 100 grand a week. At Borough? 2001, 100 grand a week. No way. Yeah, 
We found out it was on 100 grand. So he'd take 60 grand home net. Club paid for his house. Club paid for his car. And you don't buy food, do you? eat at the ground. But he never used to eat at the ground. He'd go home. So he'd go home and have a fag or whatever. And uh, Robbie Stockdale said to me once, he said, I've just seen Alan Boxich at Teesside Airport picking, a f picking up a fucking weldy bed. <laughs> right? So I go, right, right. So I was quite close to Alan. He, he was just sitting next to him in the change room. Because he had a few quid, didn't he? So I could dip into his pockets for the first time. <laughs> and uh, he was a great lad. Not big time. Uh, Didn't give a fuck. Uh -huh. Great player. And uh, he used to bring Croatian models in for two or three months at a time. Pay for them. Wow. Sleep with them. And they cook for him. So one day he, he goes, comes in in a bad mood. I says, what's up, Al? Super Al, I called him. What's up, Sal? Super Al. With fucking women, get on my nerves, went away. He said, I've just gone home and that bird's not there. She's gone for a run around the, where they lived. She got lost. Come in. Nobody's there. The rules are, you, you stay at home. <laughs> you met love to me. <laughs> and, you and you cook for me. <laughs> and because you went for a run? Bang on the door an hour later, two coppers bring this bed. He said, is she with you? He went, she was. Packed her bags, he said, can you take her to the airport, please? <laughs> oh, brilliant, <laughs> man. He said, and then he fucking ships another one in. Oh, brilliant. Fucking great, lad. Fucking great. I remember being on the coach as well. I was on the coach. And I've, I will say, I've, I've got a few quid now. So uh, I says to Helen at the time, I said, I'm looking to buy a new car. And I saw this yellow Saab, a soft top yellow 93 Saab that just come out. And it was on a turntable in a, in a, in a car show. It was about 33 grand, I think, at the time. I said to my wife, I'm buying that car. She went, you're not. I said, I fucking am buying that car. So, I, so I'm on the bus and I've got this magazine and I'm looking at these cars. So I says to and Alan, so we used to sit play three-carded brag with Incy and all them, Mark Crosley and Big Hugo and all them lot. And uh, I'm looking at this magazine and I says to Alan, what do you think about this, uh, this car, Al? He went, yeah, yeah, nice car, Dino, nice car, nice car. Don't know about the colour, but nice car. It's a yellow Saab. So I'm thinking of buying it. I went, okay, no problem. Three weeks later, he gets on the fucking coach and he's like, you, sat there reading this magazine. I went, Dino. I says, what? I'd bought this car by then. Got a bit of stick for it. Uh -huh. So all of a sudden, he went, he went hey, what do you think of this? It was a fucking yacht. <laughs> <laughs> I says, what? He went, when I retire, I'm going to buy this. I went, don't know about the colour though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting a 33 grand fucking sab, but he's getting a yacht <laughs> to go fucking retire in the Mediterranean. You know? Has he retired? Do you know? Just he, 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 oh, yeah, I haven't seen him for years. I think he's a bit of a him and Maverick. him and um, the, the tennis players, Eva Vinovic, them two are best pals. Oh really? So I think they're kings he's in Croatia. Well, he? So I don't think he'll be. Uh, <laughs> Getting a new job <laughs> with children's air ambulance too. So, uh, one person I had to ask you about uh, Bradford, uh, Collymore. How was he? Collymore, great lad. Is he? Great lad. Come in the change rooms first day. My name's Stan Collymore. We all knew him. Fucking Dean. So, you, as you say, we've just named off them names. Mm -hmm. McCall. So Dino, I'd sit there. Blake, Saunders, Sharp, Beagree, McCall, Big Darren Moore, Walshy. Wayne Jacobs, he comes walking in. Now, footballers have toilet bags. He come in with like a tin, what your nana would have with fucking, with all wool and cotton wool and all that shit. 
knitting with knitting needles. And he walks in with a tin. And he says, uh, he says, where can I sit? So he shook everybody's hand. Hello, my name's Stan Collimore. Just come from Leicester. Not trained so much, so he had a bit of a pokey uh, belly. A bit of a pokey belly, yeah. So anyway, he comes in shaking everybody's hand. I said, you can see a big man, they've got a space next to me. Oh, cheers, Dino, thanks. So anyway, gets his gear off. Bit of a porky yeah. belly. Biggest fucking willy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, he's sat next to me, look at the size of that. <laughs> but he goes into his tin. Now, footballers are renowned for shaving the bits. The bits, yeah. So he goes into his tin, so he picture the scene, he's stood there naked. He's only been in the change rooms five minutes. Starts shaving his pubes <laughs> with his fucking... <laughs> no chance. Saunders, Beagree, McCall. Like that, boy. What <laughs> the fuck is going on? And all the pubes are falling on the floor. So he said, I didn't have time to do it this morning because I was rushing. And he puts his gear on but leaves the pubes on the... I said, Stan, you're not going to clean it? He went, no, the kids will clean up. The kids will clean up. <laughs> and I went, fucking hell. But I got him brilliant with him. Uh-huh. He, he was a character. Uh-huh. He was a great lad. You know, everybody... Listen, we've all had problems in our life. But he, I got him famously well with Stan. Top player, was he a top player as well? Top player. Well, listen, he'd come into the end. Uh-huh. He scored the overhead kick against Leeds, that. where Bradford fans, obviously, Leeds, Bradford, hate each other. But he was, he was just a good, good lad. And, you know... I've just been unfortunate in my career because everybody who sat next to me have been absolutely massive dicks. <laughs> What's yours like? Oh, it's all right when it's getting angry, but it's not. It's not. But it, it, I remember Tony Warner coming in the change. Oh, he was at the like he had a reputation as well. So Tony, exactly the same as Stan. So Phil Brown's bought him as a, as a third choice goalkeeper. So he had Boz Mile, Matt Duke, and he brings. And we, his nickname was Denzel. Uh-huh. Or only Fools and Horses. And I, I was played against uh, Denzel a few times and what have you. And he comes in, he went, Tony Warner, Scouser. Walks in, like, standing. Nice to meet you. Bum, 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 bum. He says, uh, where do I... Goalkeepers always, always have big bags, don't they? Uh-huh. Got fucking gearing, aren't they? And they go all over the place. The gloves, losers, fucking pants, everything. move your bag. And I said, big man, sit here. Sit here. There's a spare, spare peg next to me. He went, oh, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you big man, all right. Where do I get my kit from? I'll go get your kit off the kit, man. So I goes in, Baz. Baz, you got, got a new signing to him. Yeah, no, no, I've got it. I'll, I'll bring it in a minute. Okay, too. So your kit's coming in. Went, oh, cheers, la, cheers, la. All of a sudden, he gets his fucking gear off. He's he's ripped, man. He's like, I'm watching Love Island at the minute. He's like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wow. And all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> and this thing come looking at me. <laughs> And I went, Jesus. So you've got Ash, Ash, Ian Ashby, Nicky Barnby, all the lads sat around. And I'm going, fucking sad. So I went, wow, that's not bad, big man, is it? He went, you like that lad, don't you? I went, can I hold it? He went, what? I went, can I hold it? He went, go ahead, lad, go ahead, lad. And I've gone like that. And all the lads are pissing themselves, and I'm going, God, isn't it heavy? 
And every time I see him, he goes, I've never been welcomed into a fucking football oh, club as well as that before. Amazing. Well, that's just a bit of crack, isn't it? You know? uh-huh. Brilliant stuff, mate. Only happens in football. Like, oh, it? of course. If there was any cameras in there, I got arrested. <laughs> uh, oh, just a wee bit about Middlesbrough, Brian Robson and Terry Venables. What, Terry Venables. Legend. Terry totally Venables. Like. I, I always say, listen, like you say, the only, the only, the only one I didn't get on with was, was Alec Miller in, in my career. I was very lucky. Um, but Terry Venables, for me, to, to, to be his first signing for Middlesbrough, um, obviously Brian was struggling Terry came in to help Brian full full credit to Brian Robson he knew that he was struggling they were at the wrong end of the Premier League didn't want to get relegated comes in helps him out I was his first signing Zillard Nemeth then became his second signing um, and we finished 14th uh, like you say we had a great change of rooms Gary Pallister was there but Pally was he, he was struggling with his back you know Incy was the captain Alan Boxic you know, Robbie Musto, Colin Cooper, all these lads, great players, Curtis Fleming. And uh, he was just a man where, he, 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 when he spoke, he listened. Mm. And he pulled me in. He pulled me in the office first every day. I was supposed to make my debut against Newcastle at uh, St James's Park. And I went and put me, me, me old, me and Gareth Southgate were roaming at uh, Blackwell Grange. So you're in the Southgate, huh? So me and Gareth were roaming and, 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 and I'm stretching in, in the morning because we went to the, we go to the training ground to have our pre-match and then go to St James's Park. And as I've, so what you do, they give you a tracksuit and a coat. So I get me tracksuit on the bed. I've gone and had breakfast with Gareth, got, come back in the room. Got a, I used to get a bath in the morning. I'm stretching on the, on the, on the bed. I'm excited. I'm playing the uh, North East Derby at St James's Park. And all, all was in my bag was the coat. And they had a Mercedes car at the time and you press the thing and the boot, the boot flicks open. I had a few quid, you know, so. <laughs> and uh, so I said to Gareth, I said, I'm just going to put this bag in my boot and I'll just come back from my toilet bag. He went, yeah, no problem, no problem. As I've gone like that and leant over to point my fucking back to come out. Oh, so I just felt somebody's gone, bosh. And I couldn't move. And I'm like, out of breath. So I goes back into the room, I went to Gareth, fucking just done me back. So I gets on the bed and I'm trying to manipulate myself, trying to stretch it out, trying to... Gareth's trying to stretch me out. And it wasn't budging. So I ran Bob Ward up, the physio, and there was obviously... At the, so we were driving to the training ground to have some food. And Terry, Brian, Robson, that there, and they, and, and they couldn't manipulate me. And my SI joint came out. So I couldn't play. So my wife was on the way to the game. She came, I said, you're going to have to come to the training ground. I pulled me back out. She went, you're fucking joking. So I took me... Picked me up, I couldn't drive, picked me up, drove me back home, gave me a special bed, hot bed, and I'm laid in bed watching Soccer Saturday. And so Perel scores two free kicks, win two one. And that was supposed to be my, my debut. And then uh, but then I played a few games under Terry. Um, and he pulled me in the office and he says, Look, you remind me of Teddy Sheringham. I went, fucking hell. Wow. Terry Venable said so, that to you. Yeah, him. yeah. But wait for the punchline. <laughs> I went, fuck off. He went, You remind <laughs> me of Teddy. I went, and Teddy was Unbelievable, wasn't he? I went, why's that? He said, he couldn't fucking run either. <laughs> and he says, and it, it, I remember it, it was, I was on the, on the board in the, in the, and I was playing just in behind. And he says, just walk into areas. Just don't be running anywhere. I thought, I can fucking, the money I'm earning now, I can fucking walk all day. <laughs> and he, he just said, just walk into areas because we'll just play in between the lines. And then once, he says, the words was, once you get the ball, then the light switch comes on. I can't do any more for you. And we'd work it in training, we'd do it so he didn't get it, smash it into me. 
as soon as Alan had spin off and had a good vision. Play. So we had a good combination, really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Alan had a few injuries, played up front with De uh, Brian Dean and then up, with, up front with Big Snowy and that. And so it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, we had a good group. Was Ennis brilliant? Ennis was quality. What, top uh, He I called me the Bob the Builder. That was my nickname. Why? Because I worked on the building site. Oh. <laughs> so him and Hugo tried to, tried to sort of bully me a little bit, you know, but me, me and Ince got on brilliantly. You know, bully don't like being bullied. So I used to give as much as I got back, and then me and Incy sort of got pretty close. So you was one of the pals at first, but then no, we was pals. Yeah. But he was just listen. Incy is an intimidate, yes, intimidating man. He's played at the top level. He's been a top player. Mm. Do you know? And I respected everything that he'd done. But my dad used to say a bully don't like being bullied. He's not a bully in the sense that he's going to fucking. Be, oh, but whatever. he'd give you a bit. Of he'd give you a bit just to test you. Yeah. It was a test. He wasn't a nasty man. It was a test. You know, you, you know, big Billy Whitehouse was like that as he when he was apprentice. You know, if you're weak, you're never gonna make it. Yeah. Mentally, and Incy was like that, and uh, and him and you guys used to go, oh, fuck, you know, with Sam Bob the Builder, because I worked on the building site. Yeah. And the first ones, like, well, you've signed me. I said, you've only signed me because you're gonna get fucking relegated. Now you've signed me, you won't get relegated. <laughs> and we ended up, and he respected that a little yeah, bit. Do you know what I mean? But he was a great pro, good, good lad. Do you know, demanding. Remember playing at Ivory when Man United won the league. They played in the afternoon. We beat Arsenal at Ivory three 0 I claimed a goal. It came off Tony Adams's heel, and then um, played one down the side to Hamilton Ricardi. Backheeled it. Alan Boxit scored one three 0 Last five minutes of the game, I've gone to fucking backheel it, and I give the ball away. Inces destroyed me. There's five minutes left. Three 0 up. At Ivory. At Ivory. We're not going to lose the game. And he went standards. That's why he's a top player. That's why he's a top player. Yeah. Didn't, you know, you were scared to give the ball away in training because you won't get it back for five minutes. Is that the first time you've really experienced that? Experience, that top level. level uh -huh. Top level, top pros. Good attitude, do you know. Were you a moaner? Did you moan at people? Yeah. 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 Listen, if you give the ball away, you've got, to run. you've got to run around and get it back. So you learn very quickly not to give it away. Yeah. So you do, you do keep ball sessions. If you give it away, they'd fucking ruin you. The, the, do you know what I mean? So you learn very quickly. quickly uh -huh. uh, right, back to Bradford, I want to ask you about, uh, did you really grab John Finnegan's Henry Hall? Yeah, it was, yeah it was somebody said it was uh, FIFA fair play day. What, what the fuck's a fair play day? I'm playing football, I want to win a game of football. Uh -huh. And like you said, I one people up and Finnegan, uh, captain, I was captain for Bradford, went up for an header, fell down on the floor. I squeezed his bollocks as hard as I could because <laughs> um, I wanted him to whip me and he hit me. Was, did he have a Tony Warner? He didn't know. I was I think it's a bit small than that. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> he, he tweeted me actually. Sorry, you're not as big as Tony. Oh, stab. But uh, I got a good handful anyway. Yeah. And, uh, but I squeezed it as hard as I can. Um, he sort of reacted on the floor. I've cheated a little bit, have I? He's not really hit me. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I look at players now when they go down on the floor, and I think to myself, if I, if I saw myself doing that on a, on a, in the morning after I'd done that, I'd be embarrassed. But he's, he's reacted on the floor. He's got sent off. We won the game to one I scored. I remember his manager, you know, calling me a cheat. I said, I'm bothered. Do you know? Look at, look at the papers tomorrow. 2 1, win the scores. Win, win 2 1. So you scored 28 and 20 goals at the age of 35 plus. Where did that yeah. come from? Colin Todd. So when Brian Robson got the job at Bradford, Colin Todd was assistant. Brian couldn't really cope with bad players. Not in the sense of he played at the top level. Mm. Great lad, Brian, and uh, legend. And he resigned. 
and Toddy took over. And basically, you know, we had Owen Morrison on the left on the left wing, who's a great footballer. Nicky Summerby on the right wing. It was, like, it was like it was like Beckham. Yeah. He went quick, but he'd get out of his feet and whip balls. Oh, uh-huh. I think he scored 33 that season it was. And uh, that was with cup goals, I think. And uh, Colin just said, just just that was a number nine, then I'm coming to the end. Well, I thought I was coming to the end. Um 36, was I? 36, 36. 36, yeah. And uh, he just said, just play in, in, in between the, the box. Don't go running down the sides. It's music to you, I, well, I didn't fucking run down the sides when I was 24, so I'm not going to do it at 36. <laughs> See, Brian Robson, did you ever get a pint with him? Yeah, a few drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has he, has he led fucking stories? Brilliant, man. brilliant, man. Brilliant. Does he love it? Love it. Brilliant. I love yeah. it. And uh, so, yeah, and then I just stayed in the box. Like Peter Bagri. Bees used to go mad if I didn't get the ball out to him. If I went out to Jamie Lawrence on the right hand side, he'd fucking go, Oi, get out of here, fuck him. Because <laughs> he wanted the ball all the time. Ball, uh, and Buzzer was the same. Nicky, somebody, Buzzer, they call him, he was the same. Get the ball, so bang, get it out, get in the box. Get the box. Because I knew he was going to. And, and nine times out of ten, stick one on your bums. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that season, I scored that many goals, yeah. What a man. Uh, return to Hull. How did it yeah, come that was, Were that, you delighted? No, that, that was the time, obviously, I'd scored a lot of goals. Did you ever think it would happen? You go back to Hull? Never. There? I knew the chairman, Adam Pearson, very good friend of mine. And um, Peter Taylor, he was the manager of Old City. Phil Parkinson was the manager of Old City. Didn't want to sign me. Fair play, no problem. Opinions. Um, and then uh, Nicky Bambi had snapped his Achilles. And I get a phone call on the Monday by Julian Rhodes, the chairman, says, we can't afford to pay January and February's wages. And I can get 350 grand loan deal for you. And I went, I'm 37, for God's sake. <laughs> but I was still scoring. And uh, he went, and you've got an option. I went, what's that? Then he went, Roy Keane, Sunderland, Phil Brown, Hull City. My dad was still alive. My mum lives in Hull. My brother lives in Hull. You know, tempted a wee bit to go and no. speak to Keane there? No, no. I made my mind up. I just said to Julian, I played tennis with Julian. He was my chairman. He was a great man, man. And um, I was a bit of a teacher's pet sometimes, I think. And, <laughs> And uh, he said, I know the answer, but I had to ask the question. But you've got, you know, we, we can't afford to go back into admin, really. So, yeah, again, the deal was done for in the space of a couple of years. Went to meet Phil with Helen in Medici's in Hull. Phil made his mind up straight away. So I'd scored 12 goals for Bradford. And then Phil asked me, he said, how many goals do you think you get from now to the end of the season? I said, I'll get, I'll get another eight. That'll take me to 20 again. And that'll keep us sitting in the championship. You done it? My, 12, uh, my 20th goal was against Cardiff City away, 1-1-0. Yeah, stayed up. Brilliant. Right, next season we'll get to it. How much change my life. was that playoff change, final? Changed my life. Have you ever been so nervous going into a game? I wasn't nervous. No? No, I wasn't nervous. I got left out of the playoff final against uh, for Sheffield United yeah, under Warnock. I've just skipped past that. because Yeah, don't worry about it. I just say I got left out uh-huh. and I never thought I'd ever get a chance again. And uh, Phil pulled me in the week before. He said, don't get injured this week. You're playing, you're starting. Give me 60, 65 minutes. Then he'll bring Callum Fallen on. Me and Fraser up front. I'd got 14, Fraser got 15. Um, and it changed my life. Just changed my life. That, good, would that be one of the best footballing day good, in your life? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Listen, people say it's what Roy the Rovers, um, the football club that I love all my life. You know, I know that I'm not working at the club now as an ambassador, deciding not to, to renew my contract, fair enough. But I'll still have that love and I always, always will do, till the day I die. And I just said to Phil, in that 60, 65 minutes, I'll score the winner. 
don't know why I said it. Just had a feeling it'd be me or Bams. Bams being a hull lad. Uh -huh. And um, when Fraser chipped it, it's not as like it's a tapping, is it? No, I couldn't believe it. I knew I did it well. I knew I knew I thought if I ever touch, somebody might tackle me. You do it every day in training, don't you? Sometimes I go in the trees, sometimes and for me that day, he was looking down on me. And I'm not a god lover, but he was looking down on me that, that, that day and for the for everybody in the city. Nicky Barmy knocked the nail on the head, changed people's lives around the city. Yeah. You know, companies, you know. All sitting in the Premier League, for God's sake, man. Wow. What was the feeling like, final whistle? Well, that was, I, I, I always want this photo, if anybody can get me this photo, me and Nicky on the bench. And, the, and, and, and uh, there were three minutes added on time. And Nicky just said to me, when the referee blows that whistle, we're running towards that end. I got, it was the quickest I'd run, run all afternoon, to be quite honest with you. And I just got, I, I don't know what happened to me. Something just happened to me. I knew that the wife and kids was in the, in the, in the stadium. I knew where they were sitting. And I just broke down crying. I just fucking went to my knees and just, it just all the emotion just come out. I'm an emotional lad anyway. You know, I cry at fucking Emmerdale Farm. It's just crazy. Was that Dingle when he got dumped? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Uh -huh. When Lisa Dingle died over there, I'm in tears, <laughs> man. Um, but it was just, I, I've always been an emotional lad, always. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not afraid to cry. I used to when, before I went to rehab and that, but I just, it was just something that just come over me. and. Having my family in the in the stadium, you know, my two boys and obviously Helen at the time, but the supporters, I probably knew all of them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Thirty thousand. Do you remember Danny. seeing faces in the crowd? I, that you I, know? Not really. No. You just see heads. I remember seeing my, one of my ex-brother-in-laws, John Laws. I remember seeing John, um, obviously look, throwing throwing the boat into the stand, and just listen, just all the emotion through it. Just what a relief! What a relief for for everybody, really. You know, and I always say I'm not a selfish person in that way, but. It could have been anybody. I didn't care who scored. Yeah, know, long, as long as we win the game. Bristol City with a better team on the day. Yeah. Bristol City with a better team on the day. Listen, classics like Championship playoff finals, like the Champions League playoff, uh, the final of the other day against Liverpool Tottenham. They're never going to be classics because there's so much at stake. Yeah, too much pressure. Nobody wants to lose. Nobody knows the implications about how much money you're going to earn. Do you know, I've got in my house, um, do, you know, do you know the £60 million man? You know, we got 60 million quid. To think of that, it's nuts, isn't it? Crazy, crazy money, crazy money. Do you know, and it was one of them situations where, I don't know about this, because I've obviously then gone through the divorce and everything, but, but, but probably paid lads' mortgages off, the bonus that we got. Mm. Do you know, it's changed people's lives. It's the biggest state you could ever have is a mortgage. Yeah. Do you know, it's just one of them situations where everybody was just... But we always, was like Phil used to say, from day one right to the end, everybody was singing from the same street. And everybody was together. There was no big time Charlies. There was a few arguments. There was a few rooks on the training ground. That's what happens. That's a sign of a good team That's as well. Of course it, it is. Everybody wants care, to win. The care and the trouble is, Ashby was like, like Inns, do you know, demanding, do you know, give the ball away, damn you. Mm. Do you know, I'm not saying that Ian Ashby had any, uh, uh, he was the best player in the world, but he, he knew what he was good at. Mm. Do you know, he, he, was a, he, he was a like an Inns. He was like a Roy Keane. Yeah. Do you know, he was a leader. And you need that, but I was spying on the team, we had leaders. I know Bambi, fucking what a player he was. Player, uh, Played for England, uh, Tottenham, Liverpool, Everton, Everton yeah, yeah. Middlesbrough. Fucking unbelievable. If, you, if you're listening, Nick lends a few quid. <laughs> you know, now, listen, just, for those that don't know, who, who was the assistant manager that day? Brian Orton. Guy that released you as a white here. I got a, I got a, I, I don't know why, but I got man of the match. But obviously because of the goal. 
was probably the worst player on the park, to be fucking quite honest with you. And Brian was there. Obviously, he was our system manager right through. I got on really well with Brian. You know, I had that respect for him. And, uh, and you know, how hard I'd worked for my career. Obviously, what's my career going through? You know, and uh, and I offered him the... It was not only like a, 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 like a bottle of Coke, like a steel bottle of Coke, Coca-Cola thing. And I, I, I went to give him it at the end. I says, I want to present this to you. I said, because if it won't through you, I won't be fucking studying now. And he went, no, you deserve that. You keep it. And I went, are you sure? He says, you got emotional. I got emotional. We had a kiss and a, kiss and a cuddle and, and he just says, you deserve everything that you've worked hard for all your life. You know, you've sacrificed your life. Um, so it was, it was fitting that it ended that way, really. Amazing how it comes back, Just it? comes around and then, yeah, and then I sold my shirt for, for, for cancer research, Ward 33 of Castle threw it to all the children on the ward. Got 15 grand. Uh, the Allens bought it, my, my 15 grand shirt, what I played in. And then I sold the, the thing that I give to, to Brian. I sold that and somebody bought that for five grand wow. for uh, a Josh Fell Foundation for, the, for, for, for Cry. So I've got no memorabilia now. But it's all up there. Don't need, don't amazing. need it. Don't amazing. need memory. No, no. uh, just lastly, you scored the Premier League goal for how? How much did that mean to you? Uh, two grand. <laughs> was that the goal bonus? Got the goal bonus. <laughs> I just added it onto Kaboo, I think it was, and uh, I came on. We were losing two one. Uh, Johnson scored a weldy right back. Glenn uh, Johnson. Glenn Johnson chest fucking volleyed it right in the top corner. Went two one down, and he and Phil just said. You're coming on," he said. "Just get me, just just get get me a goal." And it was just a little, little bit of luck, right place at the right time. Just headed it, just glanced it, and it hit Kabul and it went in the top corner. We drew two two, so that was my final goal. Yeah, really? my final goal. Did Phil Brown lose it a bit with the old half-time team talk? Yeah, about? I started that game. Me and Marlon King up front. Man City. Listen, it's one of them situations. Phil, listen, Jimmy bailed him out, didn't he, when he did it the, the year after, and uh, maybe Phil regretted it. You know, but my old man used to say to me when people are giving you a, a, a bollock, you know, telling you off, stare at me in the eyes. And I always remember when Phil was going like that. 5,000 fucking old City fans behind the goal, fucking cheering. We're 3 0 down. Yeah. They're living the dream, by the way. We're, we're fourth in the league, 26 points. Yeah. But it's Boxing Day. And Phil gave us Christmas Day off. And he blamed himself. Is that what you were saying? That's what apparently came out. Right. And he kicked off, but you couldn't hear him anyway, because the fans were shouting that much. And he was, bub, 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 bub. I just stared at him. I was just staring at him. And I was the oldest player then, obviously 39, 40, nearly 40. Uh, he made a decision. You know, only, only him will tell you if, if you could get in front of him and, and say, do you regret that decision? Every time I speak to him, I never mention it to him. Yeah. You know, there's no need now. It's moved on, everybody yeah, moves done. on. I think he's managing in India at the minute. So... But what's a manager, by the way? Was he brilliant, was he? Well, no stone unturned. Training sessions were good. His runs were hard. Great tan. Great. Well, no, he didn't have a tan, did he, he says. He didn't have a tan. He was <laughs> he just, he was just naturally dark, he says. <laughs> but, um, no, he was just, he was, he was one of the lads, but he knew when he, he knew when to turn the screw. Do you know, he knew when, do you know, if people weren't boss. doing the right, yeah, he, you, you knew when he lost it. Do you know what I mean? What about Bullard, how was he? Well, Jimmy came second season. Now we're just coming on to the verge of retirement. Uh, it was a big money signing, and uh, but he did his cruise ship against West Ham. Uh, so he was always injured, really. 
he was always injured, but I was coming to the end anyway. Um, and I, I left the football club, so I didn't play a game with Jimmy because obviously he was out for nine months. I think was crucial. Laugh a bit, Fucking crackers, is he? Crackers, man. crackers. <laughs> when he went in the jungle, like you know, that's my dream to go in the jungle. And uh, I said to him, "What's it like?" He went, "Dean, you'd be unbelievable if you went in the jungle." Would you go? Ah, oh, mate. Well, let's get it done. Get him, Dino, in the jungle. Unbelievable, unbelievable. If I could go in that, you know, you know even so, somebody asked me if I'd go in the in the Celebrity Big Brother house. I probably would, but it'd do me head in because all the clothes all over the place and all that. Oh, I think I'd kick off if somebody else. No, the jungle's the one for you. Jung jungle's we'll one for you me, in the yeah. Jungle. Uh, just finally, mate, obviously, Josh at Wigan, you're confident he's going to be a, a Premier League player? Listen, if he carries on the way he does, you know, he's a, he, as you say, he's driven, by, he's driven by success, you know, and I firmly believe, you know, if he carries on the way he carries on, you know, and he trains hard, you know, go back to Wigan, get a good pre season under your belt. Um, yes, there's a lot of speculation about where is he going to go. You know, there's a few rumours. Is he going to stay at Wigan? Is he doing... Listen, he'll go back to Wigan pre-season. This is what I'm saying as a dad, not as a footballer. You go back pre-season, you get yourself unbelievably fit, which he is. He wins all the bleep tests. He wins all the long-distance running. Do you know, his body fat's four or five or something like that. Oh. So he, he can't be my fucking son, can he? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but no, you know, that, that is the aim for him now. Focus, focus on, you know, he loves his dogs. You know, he loves, he loves the family. You know, he's one of them lads where, you know, he's, you know, do out for anybody. Um, so that money that you're going to give me. Don't forget. But no, he's, he's a great kid. Listen, I can't ask for any much, from, any much more from the pair of them. Do you know, touch wood, hopefully Jordan gets that break. Yeah. Do you know, he's, he, he's at the minute, you know, doing a job selling cars and whatever, but that's his dream, do you know, to be like me and, me and his brother. And, but for Josh, what a great opportunity. Do you know, he's earning a, he's earning a good, good, good sum now. Do you know, I've, he, he, he's, I made a mistake, do you know, by, do you know, I used to put a lot, we got advisors, kids put a lot of money in your pension, I put a lot of money in my pension. Um, looking back now, I wish I'd have, Bought property, mm. so he's on that ladder now. Brilliant. Put him on to to, uh, to Robbie, Fowler, Robbie Fowler's man who, who, who got Robbie all the all the houses. So he's a good listener. You know, he listens to people. You know, so he's, I think he's got two or three houses now. We're trying to get on the verge of another house now. Look after your money. You know, as you say, don't drink. So you know that's half the battle. You know, but you know all you ask for is, as you say, work hard. You don't know where you could where you could go and I think uh, listen as a dad not as a footballer as a dad you know, I firmly believe that he'll play in the Premier League he's only a young boy at the minute 25 but first and foremost go back to Wigan work your socks off pre-season get a good start to the season you have a good pre-season you, you're lesser getting injuries do you know what I mean yeah. it's one of them where but I know for a fact you know some people as you say think he's a bit of a Big time Charlie or what? He's not like that. No. He's just his character. He's just a, laugh. just a laugh. He doesn't take life seriously, do you know. And I love that about him, do you know. And he's, as you say, hopefully one day that you know, I'll be watching him playing in the Premier League. Do you know it's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure, mate. Well, Thanks very much. Cheers, thank, cheers, you. thank you. Sometimes change is simply different, but it's progress that drives us forward. 
Introducing the all-new Audi A3. Now with enhanced connectivity and driver assist systems in a modern, expressive design. This is vision, not revision. Drive progress in the all-new Audi A3. Audi. Vosprung durch Technik. The scent of dewy grass lifts the spirit. The sunshine is bright behind the grey clouds and a sense of strength comes from the green landscape that feels truly Irish. We've brought colour to this feeling with Standing Tall, one of 28 new contemporary colours inspired by Ireland. Visit colourtrend.ie to find and support your local stockist. Colour Trend, an Irish company proudly crafting paint since 1953. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.